episode number 74 of the Whatever Show. We actually, we pulled this one out of, out of our asses even more so than usual. Like 10 minutes ago, we had four things to talk about, and now we got lots of stuff, and it's all gold. Let's be fair, it was an hour ago, because we just watched a lot of wrestling. We did. Well, 10 minutes ago, because we were like, oh, we just got to watch these matches really fast. And then, yeah, each match was like a good 20 minutes long, so here we are. Um, so that's coming up towards the end of the show. We're going to talk all about uh, ladder match history. Um, but right off the top, we got some DC news. Uh, Neil Gaiman has a Batman story that is 28 years in the waiting. Uh, we've got a Wonder Woman 3 trailer that I think we're all pretty excited about. Thor Ragnarok photos just hit. We've got some Wolverine stories. If you're into the comic books and you just saw Logan uh, and you want to know which Wolverine stories you should talk about or should read, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Spoiler alert, read all of Old Man Logan. Uh, yeah, read all of Old Man Logan. I mean, that's not in the, even in the article that we're going to talk about. Because it's kind of a there. given, I think, I think at this point. If you, want, if you enjoyed Logan, reading Old Man Logan is like the next you know, logical place to go. Uh, in our miscellaneous section this week, we have my favorite casting rumor I've ever probably put in our show notes. Uh, we'll get back to that. Star Trek, <laughs> Jason Isaacs, cast as the Discovery Captain. We're going to talk about how we feel about that. Uh, we got some TV to talk about, not a whole lot, but we're going to talk about The Flash at least this week. Uh, so all that and more coming up anytime now. Alright, so right off the top, let's talk DC. Um, Neil Gaiman. So, okay, first off, I feel a little bit remiss here because uh, Neil Gaiman is famous for a particular Batman story, uh, or writing one particular Batman story, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, and that's one of the few that I haven't read. Uh, Yeah, I've not read that. I am familiar with uh, his uh, work on Sandman, which is a huge thing that he's known for. So, I would consider myself like a casual Gaiman fan. Like, um, he's done a lot of really cool shit that i like like i've read american gods and i just finished up reading uh neverwhere like mm-hmm. i just read neverwhere like in this last month um and i love that uh both both very good um and of course he's done a lot of writing so like i'm a, I'm a doctor who fan and he's written one of my favorite well actually he's written a lot of really good who episodes but uh, especially modern who uh he's written one of my favorite uh who episodes which was uh, of course the doctor's wife um that that uh, it sort of personifies the TARDIS even more so than usual, which was just fucking brilliant. Uh, so, Batman story from Neil Gaiman. Uh, first off, obviously I got to do my homework and go read uh, uh, whatever happened at the Cape Crusader because duh. But uh, yeah, this this looks really cool. I'm excited to see what he's got in store for us. Yeah, I'm. He did a couple issues of uh, Spawn as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did read the game and spawn issues, and those were he created good too. the character of Angela, and actually, that's a big that turned into a big kerfuffle because he had a falling out with uh, McFarlane, um, and it turns out that uh, McFarlane did not own Angel, and no. she now is part of Marvel because Gaiman was doing some stuff with Marvel, and they decided that they needed to bring her into the, the like, Marvel. You know what? Really twist McFarlane's tit. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we steal one of his characters? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just go ahead and do that. Yeah. yeah. He'll he'll like that. I, I don't know how rights works on that shit at all because uh, a- Angela they, certainly showed up in Spawn first. Um, dude, they they don't either. Like, didn't they just start paying fucking uh, Simon fucking what a, Joe Simon's family for Superman like last year? Oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he oh man, they that's Schuster. Probably, it was Schuster's family. Schuster that got Schuster fucked got over. fucked so hard in the yeah. Superman saga. Like uh, one of the biggest, most iconic characters. Of you know this century, literally of this century, and Schuster got practically nothing they, for it. They kind of both got fucked in it, but like, um, 
uh, Jeff Simon was kind of the heel versus versus the Schuster sympathetic babyface role. Yeah. And so people cared about it when it came to Schuster, but Simon was such a fuckawad that nobody was nobody felt sorry <laughs> for him. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, man, God, how much of that sucked, though? I mean, the thing is, is, like, obviously when they created the character, they didn't have any plans for it to be this big. Like, at the time when they were creating the character, comics were nothing. Uh, comics were, like, um, you know, just... Like these shit stories that you pick up at your, you know, local mini mart or something. Not even mini the, mart because they don't really have those, but you know. Yeah, because the the five, Superman five and dime or whatever. The Superman, the 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 crest of the House of L is is like universally known. It's up there with the Golden Arches of McDonald's. Like it doesn't matter what country you're in or what language you speak. Like you get yeah. it. Yeah. So. So yeah, created Superman and then got totally dicked over on all the money from it. So. Oh, we can talk about the new menu item at McDonald's too. Oh yeah, the the, the, the anus pounder. <laughs> Uh, this is why you, you don't leave easily accessible uh, signage, folks. Uh, Dude, yeah, you gotta lock your reader boards, guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we've been browsing memes and shit. Yeah, what happens? It's been a busy day. Um, all right, so let's let's talk Wonder Woman trailer. Let's. We, we've got our third, presumably final trailer from Wonder Woman. We get a lot more back plot on on uh, what's going on with Diana and her whole, you know, what she's about. Quite a bit of stuff on the mascara. Yeah, so number one, they're on Themyscira. Uh We get to see Artemis in action. Uh, we get to see Hippolyta in action. Really like Artemis. So do I. Artemis is awesome. Um, um, are you reading uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws? No, she's in it. Like she's part of. Oh, part she of is. the crew. Yeah, part of the part of the one of the you know outlaws, it's, so to speak. It's it's Red Hood, Artemis, and Bizarro. Actually, Bizarro. Weird. Yeah, Bizarro. You even. should check it out. It's good. It's good stuff. Anyway. Um, I enjoyed this trailer quite a bit. I, I think you're right, though. I think I did like the last one a little bit better, just in terms of I don't really want to know that much about the story going in because so far it looks really good, and I don't want to get my hopes up for something that I think is going to be a you certain know, way, only to have DC fuck me. So, th- and this is what scares me because here's where we got a little bit. Why I missed I... the second trailer. I don't think I, I saw the first one. Missed the second one. Saw this one. Ladies and gentlemen, well, those, that's the the dulcet tones of Mr. Ryan Bailey, who's joining us again this week. Yeah, we're such good hosts. Peekaboo. We never remember. <laughs> um, like one of these days, we're gonna get like uh, like uh, um, I don't know somebody really famous on there, and then like thirty minutes into the episode, after everybody's already turned it off, we're gonna be oh, like, oh, by the way, we've been talking to Mark Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we 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 did introduce him actually. I think I, I think probably it seems like the polite thing to do, but we're assholes. Um. So anyway, um, the second trailer wasn't a ton different from the first. There was a couple scenes that were new, like a few seconds of, of newer footage and whatnot, but like it, it 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 wasn't much different from the teaser. Okay, yeah. So actually, in trailer three, a lot of footage got reused a little bit, like that thing where she's doing the slide across the floor and she cuts down that pillar and, and stuff like that. That gets reused in the trailer. Um, and there's a little bit of um, even when she deflects the bullet off of uh, uh, Captain Captain Kirk. Uh, um, that I think we got a slightly. We get, you know, like, say, either five seconds ahead of that or five seconds behind it, depending on which trailer, you know, so basically 10 seconds of total footage that showed up in there. Um, okay, but... I, I love how you just, like, skipped right over the, I don't remember the character's name, and then it's, you completely... It's Steve Trevor, I just wanted to call And then you completely skipped Kirk. over, you, you skipped over the actor's name, too, and just went right for the other role that people know him for. <laughs> they know who I'm talking about. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just glad I didn't call him Picard and fuck up my own joke. Ooh, this is not in the show notes, but while we're talking about Captain Kirk, yeah, been reading the uh, the I'm halfway done with the six issue limited uh, Green Lantern Star Trek uh, series, the new one that they're I doing. I haven't even started that. 
Dude, you got to read the first one first. It's a graphic novel. It's the Spectrum War. Um, well, I mean, that's how you do it. You, and it's good. You and then start with one, and like, then you go. This this series though is is good because I think they really do a good job capturing the Kelvin Universe characters. Oh yeah, and it yeah, um, and then just like the whole blending of the Green Lanterns and with Starfleet and whatnot. <laughs> nice. nice. It's god damn it. Fly. Good weather for one day, and my wife leaves a fucking back door up, and now I gotta fly in here. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor. Yeah, it's Steve Trevor. So, um, I don't like this trailer as much. We were talking about this before the show, but I couldn't really expand on it. And I think I figured out what it is that I don't like about this trailer as much. It's dialogue. Uh, in the last trailer, trailer two, it's there's it's very dialogue light, and I think um, the little bit of dialogue we get on screen during this trailer didn't really grab me the right ways. Like, uh, it, w- it was a little uncomfortable. Maybe a little less teeth next time. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, come at it it's from, all right in a playful manner. But. Yeah, yeah. Come at it from somebody that, say, doesn't wa- doesn't know that much about Wonder Woman's backstory coming into it. Well, I think the thing is, and this is kind of hard to avoid, especially with, you know, the superhero genre these days, is that the lines that I see in the trailer, I think, are a little bit cliche. Um, so, you know, they're doing that whole thing, like, where it's... Uh, you know, like you'll never be good enough to hold the sword, and it's like, can I, come on, come on. I just noticed Ryan's shirt for the first time, and it literally looks like the Flash ran into him, <laughs> like he bounced off, and he's got Speed Force stuck on his chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've got something on you, just there. Yeah, yeah. I never took it from that perspective, but yeah. Oh yeah, it's a cool looking shirt. I yeah, mean, like just... the the Flash goes to one of those like weird painting things, you know, like wine and paint things, and and that's what happens, like. You'd never know we're nerds by looking at what we're wearing. No. <laughs> Matt, Matt's rocking a, a Nature Boy Ric Flair, uh, I would say a classic era t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, of course, ha- have a Star Wars t-shirt on, and, and, and Bailey's over here sporting his, his Flash uh, logo. So Dude, Flair was rocking the feathered mullet in this shirt, so yeah. Fucking yeah. mullets, man. I did not realize how big mullets were in wrestling Dude. until tonight. Oh, yeah. Everyone it's like, had it's one. It's like everybody saw Billy Ray, and they were like, I gotta do that. Do, do you know why a lot of wrestlers have long hair? Uh, no, probably be, hide marks. I'd guess. Uh, no, honestly, it's it's um the motion of the hair yep. moving. It's, it's selling. Yeah, it, it helps sell that, stuff. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so say somebody misses a punch, you still sell it. Still looks just, fantastic. Yeah, because your hair your hair whips back yeah. and forth. Jesus, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. I, I didn't say it. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I whip my hair back and forth. Right, I whip my I, hair I back up, and guys. forth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, three and a half more minutes and you've got, you know, quality lyrics. A single, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like this trailer as much because I think the dialogue's a little weak and I'm a little, you know, uh, it's, it's hard, you know, I've been hurt before and I want to, I want to trust that DC is going to do the right thing here, but it's kind of like when I, when they start talking it's like, you know, this dialogue isn't as good as I want it to be. And so I'm just afraid that it's it's going to be even worse once we get to the screen. Because I can really easily see this turning into a shit movie once it hits the screen. I'm still pretty optimistic. See, here's but... the thing. I really do feel like this is going to be a good movie. And and it makes me really feel for Gal Gadot. Because I think it's going to be amazing. And I think they've already fucked up all the movies that happen after Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it's like, even if this movie is good... It, the nail might already be in the coffin for the for the current DC extended you. Yeah, I don't know. They they've mm-hmm. done weird shit in DC before, and I could see them, you know, doing sequels to Wonder Woman, even if uh, you know, say like the Cyborg movie completely dies. Even in Marvel, that wouldn't be too weird. Like they did an Incredible Hulk movie and then never spoke of it again. Whereas, why are we doing a Cyborg movie? 
Does anybody know? I don't no. know. I, I, because he's against... in the Justice League, that's why. But he wasn't. He was a Teen Titan. I'm not against I'm not against a cyborg movie. It's just again, like why of all the like it's like they're like, uh well we fucked up Green Lantern, so I guess we're doing a cyborg movie. I mean, again, and we're gonna do this every time we talk about the DCEU, but like remember when Marvel started their shared universe and they started with the properties that people knew before they started to work in the lesser known titles? Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't fuck up the properties that we knew that we already knew before. <laughs> like, see, I- I'm okay with this one. Like, um, you know, we're gonna do, we're they're gonna do Wonder Woman, they're gonna do Flash. They got the Batman coming down the pipe. It, it, it uh, it's fine if they want to do a cyborg movie. There, it's fine. What actually I think is weird, weird in the timeline is them doing Suicide Squad before really anything else. Like cyborg to me though, like he's really a character that has to be part of a decent ensemble like i don't like his character by himself like i love the george perez uh wolfman uh teen titans run yeah um and i thought he was a really good character in that but then like when rebirth happened and the cyborg comic came out like i read the first like five six issues and i really tried to give it a chance and then like sixth issue i'm like halfway through going you know i still don't I give a don't fuck care. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah, I don't know. I, I I read a little bit of the Cyborg Reapers too, but I, it's also on my chopping block as far as like I don't read it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I I just I haven't seen anything by Cyborg that really makes me think he can I might hold not his own even story. Made six issues. I just pulled that number out of my ass. Yeah. I think I might have only read four. It, it uh, and like he's got no stable. Like there's no like who who's a Cyborg villain? I don't fucking know. Um, it's some kind of techno organic virus. Yeah. Every time. I mean, duh. Yeah, every like, time. And, and all of the cyborg story to me that I that I know of is essentially his origin story. And then once you get done with the origin story, it's just like, well, I doing? guess I got a fucked up relationship with my dad, and I'm gonna go help the Justice League every time they need a boom tube or whatever. Yeah, I have a mother box. Yeah, you guys need a mother box. Yeah, the, the, I punched your mother in the box. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> like Batman sitting over in the corner, and he's like, I just had this really interesting fight with like these thirty seven different villains. And uh, Superman's like, oh, yeah, I went up against, uh, you know, Brainiac this last week. And then before that, it was Mixoplitlick. And then before that, it, and then Cyborg's like, can I fight the Joker? No. <laughs> Cyborg's sitting over there going, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to upgrade to Windows 10. You know, like, <laughs> well, I wasn't I, going to whether I want to or not. I wasn't going to. But then I restarted and it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> like at some point, like Bat- Bruce is going to be all, hey, get us a boom tube now. And, and Cyborg's going to be like upgrading to Hi windows there. 10 yeah we've re- we've upgraded your pc your pc is almost ready all of your files and folders are in the same place but we need to spend the next five minutes showing our nice super See? thin fonts because now no. we're designers yeah. nobody tells that story that's a cyborg story i'd read that would be and then like the whole rest of the day is just cyborg sitting there going fuck as he tries to uninstall like office get office or something like that okay uh dc if you're hiring uh, we got our, we got our writing chops damn it cyborg we already uninstalled office yeah okay so we're talking about wonder woman um I, I posted another link in here i found really quick which is kind of interesting which is uh did we just learn more about wonder woman's origin than we previously thought okay so this is kind of interesting because we're now going through rebirth uh so classic wonder woman is uh basically made out of clay by hippoletta uh and i think that's it basically she's brought to life by hippoletta correct me if i'm wrong made out of clay you know, it depends on the origin. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the second thing. So, New 52 origin, she's actually the full-blown daughter of Zeus or something like that in Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. So, she's like full-on demigod status. Uh, now, Let's get it on. Yeah. 
Let's get it on. Under so, um, a creepy tree. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so the question mark that shows up, and this is a big one for me too in the trailer, is like, Wonder Woman is really cool and shit, but like her bracers, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think, are her bracers the magic? So when there's that scene where she's fighting Artemis or something like that, um, and and uh, she blocks with the bracers and the bracers go like boom and it's all colorful and stuff. Um, are the bracers the magic thing there, or is is Diana the magic thing there? Mm, I think the bracers are a gift of the. Uh, uh, they uh, they do kind of hint at that. They do kind of hint at that. Um, but did she get them already? Uh, did is that in the trailer? Uh, I don't they know that the they sword. talk about it a ton. They talk about the sword. They're like, you'll you'll never be worthy of the sword. And then like four seconds later, she's carrying the sword. Because she just beat the fuck out of like 18 different Amazons. Amazons. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. Like, uh, hopefully that sells a little bit better in the movie. But uh, when it's like uh, literally that her telling child Diana, y- you know, th- that's only for the strongest of Amazons, which will never be you. And then like three seconds later, she's like just walking around with the sword okay i mean not for nothing but didn't we see that movie uh like a year and a half ago when the force awakens came out yeah and kylo ren was like no that's you can't have that and then she was like fuck you it's mine you think she's gonna force force pull the sword in in the snow yeah maybe just straight up own who's the bad guy in this movie even um men yeah (laughs) world war one that'd be really funny if like it starts and it's all boom and then, like, they have this five-minute origin story, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, Diana grows up, and she's like, I'm going to fight the only way no- I know how, by becoming a powerful lawyer and fighting injustice of the pa- patriarchy. You know, and then she yeah. goes and kickstarts. God, uh, I really uh, hope not, because they really start. They, they, they almost did a Wonder Woman series a few years ago like that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. The only bad thing about it was that, uh, or the only good thing about it was that they actually um, cast Pilecki. Adrian Pilecki. Yeah. Yeah. Although I gotta say I've seen better cosplays as far as like suits go. There's a, there's a I think we probably actually talked about it on the show once before, um, but Pilecki's suit is honest is honestly pretty goddamn bad. Like it wouldn't look horrible at a comic con or something like that. Um, but there you'd find it wouldn't be the best one at a comic con either, which is you know terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's Wonder Woman this week. It's just a trailer. It's in the show notes, and I guess Matt's doing this thing, so I should probably shut up now. Um. I just, before we move on to the next topic that's written down, I have a gripe, and I want to get to it before we move on to something else that's in the show notes, and buckle in, you. guys, because this could take a while. You know what we need? Um, we need, like, a special, like, segment where we stop and listen to you. Listen like, to me bitch about something? Like, you know what really grinds my gears? You know, like, that, that we need those for you. I'll, I'll have to think of some theme music for this. Chaps my ass is probably the yeah. phrase I would use more than anything else, because I... <laughs> literally use that phrase anyway yeah but um this week on what chaps matt's ass yeah um should be the first thing that comes up so guys if you have a computer and it's more than eight years old and it breaks don't fucking ask somebody who you're related to to fix it <laughs> don't pay someone to fix it just take it out back and and, shoot and it. hit it with a sledge shoot it do yeah. whatever because don't fucking have a computer that's eight years old or more guys honestly your computer should not outlive your dogs um, um, I just it's it's crazy. I had to do a full wipe and reinstall of Windows Vista today. Holy shit! Um, it's like he's gone to straight up to IT purgatory. I have literally, literally been watching the thing say checking for updates for a day and a half now. I I, I was honestly wondering if like that server is even there still. Like, do does Vista like they still just get ended supports for it for it without announcing it? Like, no, I like. Does Vista literally uh, serious question? Is Vista even still supported? It is. It is. They, wow. the end of life isn't until like next year or something like that. But 
See, because I thought, like, obviously they stretched XP for fucking ever. Yeah, but I thought that was because like... Because so many people still were on it. Yeah, I thought that was a thing, though. So many were, people slash China. I thought that was a thing that they were going to be like, no, we're, not, we're never going to repeat that again. So Vista's going to have, like, a normal support cycle. And then uh, uh, you're going to have Windows 7, which is going to have a reasonably long support cycle. But basically, it was all going to be ridiculously short compared to XBC. You'd eventually get to 10 because 10 is sort of like, um, just like OS 10 is like the only, I mean, it's been OS 10 for 14 years or something like that. No, for 17 years or something like that. Yeah. Now. I think they're, it's that's just the same now plan it's like Snow Windows. Leopard and mountain lion see even that's like eight years old and like fucking we've uh, changed we've changed the motif now they're, they're just they pick they pick uh they pick landmarks in california so now Meerkat. it's like cat fucking like we've had yosemite and uh oh that's right uh i think sierra is the latest um but yeah so uh yeah i think that i thought that was what they were sacramento doing. They were just kind of like, gonna be the next one they they probably they, i i expect uh you know um mac os uh bakersfield to be out like any day now there's nothing there but liquor San stores. <laughs> oh god! You turn your computer on and it's just gunshots. <laughs> Biker gangs fighting each other in the street. Your, your computer blows up and then tries to pin some drugs on you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. My family lives there, man. It's terrible. San Bernardino. Yeah. Oh god damn it! My aunt Debbie lives there, and yeah. going there, even their neighborhood, they have a fairly decent house. We just look around like. I walk outside, I feel like I'm going to get shot. At least it's not Detroit. I mean, honestly, Detroit looks more like Mad Max than anything, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like, like, if I have to go to Detroit, I'm just like, man, I really hope nobody needs water, because I don't have any, but. If I have to go to Detroit, I'm wearing a hockey vest and getting my fucking guitar mobile and just that shoots flames and shit like that. I'm going to roll down the street, <laughs> you know, Strap yourself to the back of a rig. And... Slayer or something. Yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean that what else fury road pull folks yeah <laughs> that's a good fucking movie anyway uh, yeah so don't don't fucking own computers that are that old and 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 then be disappointed when they don't work anymore it's really funny because the thing about computers is and i i get this don't get me wrong uh people are kind of like um you know i spent uh, I, we were joking about this too earlier like i spent a thousand dollars on this computer it's got to last forever and it's like no that's not how it works like uh i and and you know first off you probably didn't spend a thousand dollars for this computer, uh, but you just they, they don't last that long, folks. Check check this out for specs, guys. I had a thousand dollars almost twelve years ago to drop on a laptop, and I spent the entire thousand dollars on a gateway that I bought from Costco. <laughs> gateway that had, and I'm I'm not even kidding you. Like I was two months before the dual core processors came out. Oh shit! <laughs> so I had an I had an AMD. Fuck, what was it? I don't remember what 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 fucking socket it was. Uh, um, I don't know. They probably still called it an Athlon. Uh, Athlon. No, it was not an Athlon because it was a mobile chipset and they didn't have the uh, same names. Uh, Sempron was no, that wasn't even a mobile nope, chipset. That was just the their Celeron core. Yeah, Celeron thingies. Um, dude, I don't know. I want to say it started with like an X or something like that, but uh. Anyway, a gig of RAM, which at that time would actually probably would have been beastly. DDR1. Yeah. The latest and greatest. Yeah. Um, and I think it had an 80 gig hard drive. Wow. So you could store all your, you know, uh, 96 KBS, uh, um, MP3s. It, it did, it did have an 80 gig. And then my, um, my ex-wife's grandfather actually for Christmas that year or my birthday is my birthday. He bought me 
a 60 gig hard drive, but it was still an upgrade because the one that it came with was like a 4600 uh, spindle speed. And he bought me one that was uh, 78. Dude, uh, even... 72 it's gotta be 72, 72. sorry but even even in laptops <clears throat> these days you find well first off you don't really if you find a spinning disc at all it's 5400 yeah. um so uh that's crazy like even then that would that would actually been a pretty sizable upgrade like i don't think people realize how much io is the bottleneck these days like um oh, at work we um I, I helped them spec out a machine and we got him an SSD for it. And then uh, it, it's been a year or something later, year or two later, and there was a problem. So they decided to replace the machine. And they're like, yeah, we'll take that SSD and we'll put it in there too. Except for they're not using that as a boot drive. And I'm like, and they're using the stupid spinning disk as the boot drive. And I'm like, why? Exactly. It, because it's going to take time to switch it over. And it's like, yes, but you will gain all that time up in about a week from not having to watch progress bars as much. Like, Yeah, or restarting it every five seconds yeah just jesus christ like um wasn't was it not like two weeks ago that i was bitching at you because my computer took 40 seconds to restart yeah and like, that's who the hell has that kind of time <laughs> and that's that's like easily 10 times faster than like a spinning disc boot oh yeah yeah um my my work laptop too that i use it still has a spinning disc and i uh I think my that that hard drive is about to break so i can buy a new uh, uh ssd for it because just every single time, like the worst part of anything is just opening that fucker up and waiting. The uh, it it's got to be like twenty five minutes and it, before it becomes a usable thing again. And like while everything like, page, <laughs> yeah, you can hear it while everything pages around and caches and all that bullshit. Like while it's trying to you know grab everything from memory or get the right stuff back into memory and it's you know the whole time and it's kind of like, uh, uh. So now I open it up and I get a cup of coffee or something like that and then I do I, work. I um. We have we have a lady at work that we bought a, a pre-built Asus machine for a couple of years ago, um, and it's a decent machine, but it still it still has a, a physical drive in it, and as opposed to an SSD. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it sounds like a cement mixer when you start it up, <laughs> doesn't it? It's so crazy uh, how loud computers are and were uh, um, compared to what we can do these days. Dude, like, our low-end machines that I'm building now have a 240 gig SSD in them. Yeah, like, I, I haven't put an actual spindle hard drive in anything. I mean, I still use, you know, I'd still use um, um, spinning disks for, you know, like mass storage because that price per gigabyte on spinning disks is still way fucking better than SSDs. But like if you're using an SSD for anything, uh, you know, it, your main drive has to be an SSD, just period. Like that's that's the easiest way you can increase the, the amount you're going to enjoy your computer is and, put and an if, SSD in it. If you can afford it, get a PCIe um M two, not yeah. M SATA. Fuck M SATA. Yeah, sorry. Get away that M-Sata. antiquated bullshit. Yeah. All right, that's our IT digression for this week. Yep. Um, friends don't let friends use Vista. The end. Or old computers. Period. Yeah. Uh, you know, funny enough, as you were saying that though, my desktop rig right now is like six years old, and it doesn't actually bother me. The only but thing that bothers me, life. like, and and I, here's the thing. Knowing you like I do, like, six months to a year ago, you started pricing out new components long ago like i've been pricing out new components basically since i (laughs) bought that one uh but like it doesn't actually get on my nerves the only thing that gets on my nerves is my video card's still broken and i haven't replaced it which i I just need to do because that that is the thing that's painful for me to use my computer for is like anything that requires any sort of animation or even doing like the task view on win 10 like just watching that stuttery animation not be you know like it's not horrible it's still usable but it's not smooth either and that drives me up but you're using like a sandy bridge or an or an ivy bridge i5 right yeah i think it's sandy so 
not super old. I mean, it's old, but it's not. The, the only other time I feel it is um, on render time. Render time when I render out the show. Um, <clears throat> that that I could. But I also um, I do most of it re- just editing right off the network. So um, I, I'm assuming some of the render time is probably just lag on on uh, the network. So what you got? I really want a board to stick this in. What's that? That that's a that's a processor, folks. Um, uh, this is a Skylake. Ooh, right, seven. Ooh. Just put that in my and pocket. It's, and it's not even the new standard. Yeah. Like, we're on Cabby Lake now. Yeah, Cabby Lake. Cabby Lake. Is it Cabby Lake? Cabby Lake? I call it I Cabby. Know. I don't know. You can call it whatever you want. But, Intel's uh, not going to come knocking down the door, I don't think. I just ordered parts at work to build a test machine with a uh, Cabby Lake i3. Nice. Because that's what we put in the in the lower-end machines. and Yeah. I like them. Yeah. I mean... Like I said, for most people, uh, <clears throat> processor is not the thing anymore. Like um, most people are going to be just fine on like any sort of processor that's you know produced today. Dude, not even kidding. Okay, so sorry, this is going to drag on for just a little bit longer, guys. But <laughs> our medical records it's our program, show, fuckers, we're going to do what we want. Um, our medical records program that we use at work um, runs on a pervasive SQL database, and which basically means that in order for it to work, we have to have the pervasive core running on the actual medical record server, and then every machine that accesses it has to have a pervasive client. Uh-huh. We're going to upgrade our core to 12 uh, later on this month, and in order to do that, we have to upgrade the clients on everything because the older clients don't access the newer database unless you're running like a specific revision. Because they need money. Well... We're we're upgrading to like eleven point three on the clients right now because it's it eleven point three is the lowest standard you can have and still access a pervasive twelve core. And our POS machines that we have around campus that are are so old that they literally can't run pervasive twelve. Mm-hmm. So we we have to leave those on the on the eleven point three client at least. But like we ordered a series of like Lenovo i fives a while back, uh, for before we started white boxing. And those take so long to fucking upgrade the client. And it's, it's a stupid little client and a patch. Like, it's not even not even a large program. And then I put the same thing in the um, in the 5th gen i3s that we're using. And it literally took, like, seconds to upgrade the client. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, minutes versus seconds. And I'm like, but this is only a dual-core processor. <laughs> in other news, computer speeds re- increase rapidly. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on back to the main topic here, or one of our main topics today. Let's talk some Marvel shit. So let's talk about Thor. Let's talk about Thor. Um, Thor looking beastly in these fucking pictures, man. Short hair Thor. Short hair Thor. Someone uh, got a haircut. Yeah, I know. He, it's not metal at all. Uh, no, it's actually pretty dope. Like I, I still, he, he still looks pretty jacked. He's definitely smaller from Thor one. I think he's probably not hitting the juice this time around uh just just saying like it seems like that was probably a thing for thor one you think he's not on the gas actually um he was uh digitally augmented in the first one. Oh, really yeah he did an Those interview fucking a, cheaters he did an interview on a talk show and he was talking about uh some of the scenes like especially the scene with without a shirt on when he was in the um the yeah. bunker when he was trying to get the hammer because <clears throat> that's still like a thing that they have to do like marvel movies uh, make these characters be uber buff that don't really need to like is there any reason peter quill needs to be you know fucking ripped as hell no but they got to put that one shirt off scene in there so now he does yeah yeah but uh he was doing an interview and and they're like he goes oh see the arms those are those are mine and then they're like <laughs> what about the chest he's like that, that's not mine 
<laughs> that was a pretty good Chris Hemsworth there. Um, just basically any Australian dude, but whatever. I mean, I try. Yeah. Uh, so in what we've got here for you is some first look uh, pictures from Entertainment Weekly, um, as the you know gigantic watermark would lead you to believe, um, from Thor Ragnarok. And so Thor, of course, uh, is our opening shot, and he he looks pretty badass. Like I'm actually really digging this. Can I can I skip ahead and bitch about something real quick? Yeah, go yeah. Ryan's already heard this bitch. My only bitch about this is that Jeff Goldblum's character. Same bitch I had. Looks too much like Benicio Toro, Del Toro's collector. I was just going to ask, is he the collector? Because no. he looks exactly lo- fucking like Benicio Del Toro. Nope. He's a different character. Okay. that that he is. He is playing the Grandmaster. I don't know that that's the way I, sh- I would have gone with their costuming. But I, I I think Thor's stuff actually is, this is probably the raddest looking Thor we've ever seen. Like, um, don't get me wrong, his his uh, um, phase one and phase two costumes were pretty badass. Uh, but uh, this one's way cooler. Yeah, he's got a. It's kind of a, a, a gladiator motif. It is. I mean, it just looks a little bit. L- I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. It looks real. Um, is the thing. Um, and and he, you don't see Mjolnir in any of these shots. No, which is the next thing I was going to talk to you about. Do you think we're doing a little unworthy Thor? I don't see how they can. I mean, because they already Ryan did and that I talked right about this the other day too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you listening at home that may not know, Ryan and I actually work at the same facility, so occasionally um, I get a knock at my office door when, when he's on break. Occasionally. Um, but yeah, um, we're not done with that storyline, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard to, to imagine that that they'd be going that direction. I'm, I'm, we might get part of it, but I think we're also getting part of Planet Hulk, too. I think I think we're getting kind of a hybrid between the two, because I don't think you can do a Planet Hulk movie on its own. There's not enough time. No, I, I don't think so either. Like, I think at this point, I don't want to say it's done forever, but I'm not really holding out much hope that Planet Hulk's going to happen. No, not not cinematically. And honestly, um, if you've read the Planet Hulk story and you don't mind subtle differences, like the animated Planet Hulk that they did is actually really good. It is really good. Yeah, I'm actually kind of a fan of the animated properties that they put out so far, so... Um, the only difference, like the main difference, is I think the guy that comes to help him is is on the animated one, isn't it? Beta Ray Bill. It is, Beta and then Ray Bill. it's Silver Surfer if you read the comic books. But yeah, that's because you know Fox. I don't know, but see that's another minor change that I don't mind. Beta Ray coming in is pretty cool. No, how cool would that be if we got Beta Ray Bill in this? There's rumors. <clears throat> Just I, I, how badass. Would I mean, that I think be? we're I think we're a little far into it now to, for any any kind of thing if it's not already there. But yeah, if they were gonna do. Uh, Beta, Beta Ray, I think they would, they will do it in this movie. Um, but I also think that that's the type of thing that I wouldn't want them to leak. Like, I'd want that to be a complete surprise. You mean, you mean you, you wouldn't want to see pictures of Doomsday in the trailer? Yeah, in the second trailer. The, you know, no. Weird. I don't think so. Um, okay, another, another picture that I gotta mention in here because, uh, holy shit. Scarlet Witch. Rocking oh, yeah. zero Scarlet, but holy hell. Uh, on fire. Like she looks crazy hot. Like she's she's the kind of hot that you'd be like afraid to, but you'd still want to hit on anyway. She's like, she's lit, bro. Yeah, I don't think that's Scarlet Witch. Well, it's fucking uh, what's her face? Hella. So. It looks like Hella. But dude, that's that's uh, what's her face? Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. That's got to be Elizabeth Olsen. Come on. No, that's not Elizabeth Olsen. She's not looking Scarlet Witchy, but that's Elizabeth. No, Olsen. that's not Elizabeth Olsen. That is not. What? Nope. Yeah, that's that's Hella. You are way wrong. Okay, so who is that? Uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. That's Kate Blanchett. Yes, yep. 
Jesus Christ, talk about a fine wine. Yeah. Yeah, she's gonna be she's gonna be one of the villains. Um Okay, you guys are just fucking with me. There's no way. No, that's no, Kate that's Blanchett. that's Kate Blanchett. Jesus. Um Well Kate, damn. Um And then we've got Valkyrie too. Okay, so I just Kate, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I I'm sure. Is it not crazy? Like Elizabeth Olsen's gotta be at least twenty years younger than she is. Oh, easily. Uh but but yeah, hot damn. She she's looking pretty good. The other picture I gotta point out is Loki. Loki, yeah. Loki's so, still uh Tom Hiddleston I'm still looking, one of my favorite. I'm looking at the background and I go, Okay, where's Loki at in this? And I see him drinking what looks like a martini. He's clearly a viewer while Thor is obviously going into the arena. So I think Thor's short hair and the fact that he's in here probably has to do with Loki being manipulative. Well, I mean, sure. The last we left Loki in in um, the end of the Dark World, he was actually filling in for the Allfather, uh, um, you know, having assumed his place and, and, you know, tricking everybody into believing that was him. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But that that is actually interesting. Like, uh, I do think, no, you know what? Fuck, hold on, stop. Hulk's going to be in this movie. Yes. Yeah. They're doing Planet Hulk in this movie. Yes. Yeah, I told you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Where where were you we're, like ten minutes ago? I don't know. We're I was see Hulk ten minutes ago. I think I, ten minutes ago. I think I said uh, they're not going to do Planet Hulk. Uh, and and like I, what uh, I said was that this would be I'm kind of like a, a hybrid between yeah, yeah, Unworthy yeah. and Planet Hulk. It's it's the best we can hope for in this particular situation. Which again, don't get me wrong, because I think that's kind of the way that they need to do some of these properties because you. Like uh, Logan, for example, definitely has some elements of old man Logan, but they can't tell old man Logan in, no. in one movie. Um, and it, honestly, old man Logan really wouldn't fit a whole lot in a movie universe, especially not as we know it now. So it doesn't really make sense to do that. Likewise, unworthy Thor. Um, I mean, we haven't gone even far, far enough. So you really could tell that story other than recognize it's kind of a cool angle to take Thor in. Yeah. So it's Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie and then mm-hmm. it is Kate Blanchett. Jesus, that's hella. That's hella. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant just another minute too when it when we're talking about Valkyrie. Um, Valkyrie, I'm, Valkyrie is she the the um um the dark skinned lass? Yeah, in the black standing next to Thor. Yeah. So a lot of people are really up in arms about the fact that she's not a white blonde girl like Valkyrie is in the comic books. <laughs> um, and to them I say, who gives a fuck? Uh, honestly we already i think we've already covered this ground in the podcast before when we talked about you know say like the ancient one and and, and well, dr strange and like here's uh, here's the thing man like valkyrie is one of those characters that like is cool when she comes when she comes through the pages of the comic books and whatnot but like as soon as you're on the next issue like it's not like you're still thinking about her you know what i mean um secondary character right doesn't yeah. have to be any particular color right like it's not no. important to her origins. No. See, the other thing too uh, here is that um, I have, like, I mean, let, let's just face it. Like, it's just being a lot of people being racist. Like, yeah. th- there's oh, there was yeah. no outcry. There was no out- outcry when Momoa was cast as Aquaman, uh, even though he's obviously not an Aryan white guy with bl- uh, you know blonde hair, blue eyes, Bl- blue eyes. Wait, that's not Roman Reigns. No. No. I think actually, uh, well, I thought for sure Vince McMahon was like an executive producer on this Rain, movie. Rain, oh, they might be taking Reigns in a different direction. It might be uh, Rosie. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're running Reigns <laughs> or Jamal. Uh, they're, they're, or switching, Jamal. they're switching his gimmick. Um, look, 
Listen, pal, I need you to go be Aquaman. He's going to put a lot of asses in seats here at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Pal, I need to talk to you for a minute. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, that's a problem. And just like when I was like when people were like they're, they're making Mary Jane, they're making her, you know, like, let's just face it. Like a lot of people are pissed because they're making somebody black or they're letting a black they're letting a black person play a white character, even though we go the other direction all the time. Um, it doesn't matter unless it's unless it's specific to the to the character's origin or or whatever. Danny Rand, for example, Iron Fist, like you were saying, classic fish out of water story, like gets these crazy powers. Not supposed to, but has them. Yeah. And that's kind of the charm of his character and whatnot. Um The other side of the of, of the coin though is I totally agree with oh god, what's her name? Um she's in those Fast and Furious movies. She was also in the first uh Resident Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Um where she was like she kind of took some of her um uh uh people of color to task when she was like hey it's not like why are we forcing them to change people from like white to black like why can't we just come up with new heroes that happen to be black or mexican or or whatever the case and i and and I kind of agree with her standpoint on that. It's easy for me to agree as a white dude, though. Um, probably not so much for her to take that stance as a person of color to begin with. But uh, we really should have more heroes of that. Like, I was really excited when Marvel um, introduced the Falcon because that's awesome. Like, yeah. So the thing for me, I mean, there's a lot of different angles I would go out of this. So number one is Michelle Rodriguez saying we need to have more uh, people of color be heroes like i get her position on that that's great to say the problem is is that some of these characters and heroes have such a um uh i I guess place in american minds you know like place in our minds in general like so that you know really when you think about recasting uh uh, aquaman as a samoan guy uh, samoan is he samoan yeah yeah recasting him as a samoan guy is kind of a big fucking step um, he certainly looks like Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns is Samoan. So I'm going to go with Samoan. Roman Reigns is actually half Italian. What? Yeah, he is. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, whatever. But, um, the Usos, are the Usos still Samoan? <laughs> yes. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. The now, Usos, right? the Usos are sons of Rikishi. Yeah. I was going to say is, fuck is you next? You're going to tell me Rikishi is like an Irish immigrant or something like that. Uh, but no, um, so I get where she's going from that that standpoint of like, yeah, we need more people of color um, in these superhero roles, and it would be nice if it were just the way that, that you know, like Falcon's a good example of of a hero, or Luke Cage, you know, like or Black Panther, yeah, or Black Panther. The well, thing- see, here's the deal: you just listed three superheroes of color, all Marvel. Marvel has always been a little bit more progressive in that. In that, yeah, manner. you know, I, I, DC's got some. Uh, you know, like obviously John Stewart, Green Lantern, Cyborg is a black, uh, a black kid. You know, um, I mean, 16, they, 17 when he gets his powers. I think um, they created uh, a, a redheaded superhero in like the sixties. All right, yeah, it was nobody was big, doing that. That was then. a big step. I and mean, then in the seventies, they added another one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with Banshee. So, um, yeah, I don't think she's wrong about that. I do think that that that's one way like we need to progress. I think is that you know if we had gone back into the fifties and sixties, maybe there would be or you know if uh, race relations weren't so shit, then we would have a lot more famous yeah. people of color in superhero roles. So I get that, but on the other hand, like I just can't get p- pissed off because there's not any particular reason why Valkyrie needs to be a white or Valkyrie needs to be a white girl, no, white no girl, or why Mary Jane does, or any of these sorts of you know like you know 
oh my gosh, this is such a you know bad casting move, or this is racist for this reason or another. Like it's not just you're you're way too hung up on race if if that's the biggest deal to you uh, uh, about those things. And you know honestly, let's face it, do who who the who which one of us nerd dwelling basement you know uh, or basement dwelling nerds is sitting there going, I'm the biggest Valkyrie fan ever, and I just oh, the only thing that would make my life happier is if I could see her as a blonde white girl. I don't know, but I can almost guarantee you they're a member of 4chan. Uh, probably. But I mean, that's also sort of like a neckbeard racist haven. It's got, it's got its, uh, 4chan. You forgot 4chan, misogynistic. Yeah. The thing about 4chan that's interesting to me is it's kind of like Reddit, except for to the nth degree. And what I mean by that is like, um, what you have to do if you want to find it, there's good content. It's like if Reddit isn't salty enough for you. You go to 4chan. Like, you can, it's like uh, if you're a pirate, you, you know, you're out hunting treasure in, in the ocean and whatever, except for it, with 4chan, the ocean is piss. And you're not hunting treasure. You're looking for like a doubloon, like a single one out at the bottom of that ocean. Like, that's 4chan to me. And if there's a girl guarding the doubloon, you get to rape her. Uh, 4chan again. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Yep. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't looking at these pictures i didn't even know that was a thing and now that i know that's a thing it's like one of the dumbest fucking things doubly irritating is it not yeah i mean if you want to get pissed off about casting fucking go look at look back up at the jeff goldblum picture folks Th- that's all i'm saying yeah all right so what else we got on the show we're this talking week? about some wolverine we are going to talk about some wolverine okay i haven't seen logan yet so we're not going to talk about that but yeah oh why not come on We'll just ruin it for you. Because Matt's fucking kid got sick and he couldn't have the balls to just put her out to pasture. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I You've love got it. other kids. What's wrong with you? Yeah. There's two more. You got a third. Like you don't have you spares. Borrow. Yeah. Um, I saw Old Yeller. It's not. You just you shoot him. That's the end of it. <laughs> it's, it's it's real quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that. I just love tell her Natalie. to look at the flowers. Please, please don't tell Natalie. I told her to kill you, or vice versa. I yeah, told you to kill her. Something. Yeah. Um, okay, so we did see Logan uh, this last week. Um, that's uh, Ryan and I. And one of the things that I got to b- back uh, when I was driving home from the theater, I was thinking, man, I got to go find some good comics to read, uh, you know, Wolverine-centric comics, because I haven't really read a lot of uh, Wolverine stories anytime recently, um, other than Old Man Logan. And then I promptly forgot about it. Uh, but as it so happens, as I was browsing looking for something entirely different a few minutes ago, I did find on howtolovecomics.com five Wolverine stories you must read or you should read. Um, just five suggestions, really. And uh, we've linked to How to Love Comics a few times, I think, already. And usually his suggestions are pretty good. So first up, uh, Matt, as our resident X-Men expert, which of these have you read and, and which would you recommend? I actually haven't read any of them on this list. Really? Yeah. That's insanity. I've read a lot, but not not this one. Um, well, I was a lot of... What's interesting, uh, like a lot of these issues are tie-ins or crossovers. Like uh, a couple of them... Where's the one I was looking at? Um, fuck, I can't find it. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, for example, is a Wolverine issue, but it's of the Incredible Hulk, I believe. Yeah, uh, Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Incredible Hulk, coincidentally, is where Wolverine debuted as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Issue 181, 180, 181, I think. I think yeah. it's 181. Was that even pre-mutants? Like, they didn't even know? No, there was mutants back then. Oh, uh, there was mutants even then? Cool. Um, so, we got five stories, and they, I don't know, we'll find out. Are they controversial? We don't know. We haven't read them yet. Uh, number uh, The first pick, though, and these aren't ordered, but it just, the way it reads. Uh, number one is The Brotherhood. Um. Oh. This is actually 
kind of reminds me a little bit of one of the stories in Old Man Logan. So Wolverine witnesses the murder of a girl uh, just after she reaches out for help and goes on a quest to avenge her death. Finding her cryptic diary, he leads on a path of illegal gun sellers, law enforcement, and cults, and so on and so forth. So that looks like it could be a badass, you know, Wolverine standalone. Just Wolverine shred motherfuckers. Like, go for it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade off every time you talk about one from your list. Uh-huh. I'm gonna mention I'm gonna mention a different one. Okay, go on, do it. So the original Wolverine series, which is actually a mini series. Okay, it was written by Chris Claremont and penciled by Frank Miller. Yeah. Um, it's also what the movie The Wolverine was Lucy adapted from. Take which you know, uh, as much as The Wolverine has some problems, um, source material is generally regarded as some of the best. Yeah. Uh, Claremont Claremont is a he's sort of the preeminent X Men writer, I would say. And and Frank Miller, if you don't know who Frank Miller is, you probably haven't read a comic book in your he, life. Claremont had a really good run with the X Men, doing Uncanny. Um, in fact, the Days of Future Past story was a two issue uh, series done by Claremont. He did a later run in the X Men that wasn't nearly as good. So I don't know if this, the magic had worn off or um, if he'd already sold his soul and didn't have anything left to give to the devil to do the next run. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah okay you believe in that kind of thing another 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 story we got from how to love comics dot com 24 hours this is a saber saber tooth uh story with wolverine and this is kind of a told as a flashback um which i think is just about all you need to say about it like um i'm a fan of anything having to do with wolverine and saber tooth especially like old school saber tooth yeah that's probably i think one of the um biggest biggest you know uh, uh villain um, rivalry things at, like ever. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go Savage Wolverine. Um, it's a series that came out. I'm gonna say six years ago. Okay. Um, when Marvel first relaunched into their whole Marvel Now thing, um, it's it, it's basically a lot of stories that tell um some of Wolverine's past adventures that haven't been published before. I mean, they're new stories and whatnot, but it's it's all things that take place in his past. Um, the art's actually gorgeous, especially in the first like ten issues or so. Cool. Uh, next up on HowToLoveComics.com, Coyote Crossing. Um, so Wolvie discovers a human trafficking re- operation that has gone wrong and has to go south of the border to avenge their deaths. Um, so great hack and slash Wolverine story as he you know you know beats through a gang and gets to him and it's it covers a lot of different metaphor metaf- metaphors and things like that. Uh, you know, drawing actually a little bit towards the uh, abortion debate, which is you know pretty interesting. Um, Fatal Attractions. It's uh. It's a miniseries, not a mini, not even a miniseries. Story arc takes place over like six different X titles uh, from the '90s. It is one of the last times you see Wolverine as we know him because what happens toward the the end of the book, um, which it's from the '90s, so I'll spoil it. But um, it's the issue where Magneto actually liquefies the adamantium and pulls it through his skin. Ooh. Um, he went into like a feral mode after that because his healing factor took forever to to actually kick in, and then um, for some reason, without the adamantium skeleton, it 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 the adamantium was somehow stopping him from regressing into a more feral Wolverine. Interesting. Um, he was never quite the same after that. Oh. Um, I mean, he kind of snapped out of it after a while for the last few years before they killed him. But uh, this this was a great great story, and there was a lot of. Uh, not a lot of moments, but there was there was some really meaningful moments between uh, Wolverine and Jubilee, and that during that story arc. So that's also probably one of my favorite Wolverine relationships is uh, him, him and Jubilee. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Vicious Circle. Um, so this is a uh, done in one Hulk issue. Uh, it says how to love comics.com. Um, man, they're getting a hell of a plug out of this episode. Um, fight scenes are cool and all, and done by Todd McFarlane. So that's kind of fun. Um, and it's written by Peter David. Um, Ooh, he wrote a lot of good Hulk stuff. So this is actually, this is actually told in Incredible Hulk number 340 and is collected in the, uh, Wolverine versus Marvel Universe gallery, uh, Wolverine versus Marvel Universe. Fuck. Wolverine versus the Marvel Universe and digitally. Okay, I got one more. You got one more? Um. You're just scrolling through your books, aren't you? Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do mine, and then you can you can you can finish this up. Uh, last one is, and when I say mine, I mean this thing I found online because uh, I haven't read these uh, nearly as much as you have. Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Um, so another one of my favorite uh, Wolverine uh, pairings uh, relationships is with his with Spider-Man. So this is uh, you know one of those stories, and they kind of go on a wild time traveling adventure uh, with dinosaurs, cowboys, robots, moon-sized villains, and their past selves uh, that they just might kill. Uh, so team up adventure with spider-man uh which is really a fun wolverine story just in general so all right my two are gonna be um we talked about it before days of future past uh uncanny x-men god i can't even remember what issues those were it's how how close old. does it follow the movie nah, yeah it's not wolverine that goes back in the past it's actually kitty pride herself that goes back yeah um but a lot of good wolverine stuff in it See, I'm kind of hoping that they do more with Kitty Pride as we go forward because um, Kitty Pride, I think, she's got some play in the X Men universe so far, but she's really kind of a bigger deal in the uh, comics in the comics than, yeah. than she is on screen. Yeah, she is. And then the last one's kind of controversial. It's um, it's actually called Wolverine Origins, and actually, um, if you're a fan of not ever knowing the origin of Wolverine, like this book probably isn't for you. But uh, this one actually tells a pretty compelling story about both uh, Logan James Howlett and and Sabretooth. Uh, when they were younger, like yeah. they like knowing each other as kids and whatnot. I I do remember hearing about this. Like, and were I they do... brothers in that? Um, they're from different families, but I believe they have the same dad, and they didn't know it until later on. Mm-hmm. So huh. I think I think Wolverine Senior was kind of a ladies' man. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess the complaint that people will have is I think this kind of stretches the whole Wolverine saber tooth thing to like its maximum rivalry, but um, it, it's not really necessary. But I, I still remember this as being a pretty good book. So to me, I compare it to like the first time in uh, the Dark Knight when the Joker starts telling his origin story. Yeah, and you're like, fuck, they can't, they can't put a pen in his origin. Like they can't just do that in a movie. Yeah, and then he told another one like 15 minutes later that was completely different. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I actually i really dug that yeah yeah well but the wasn't like the first time where you like no no they can't do this before you realized it was like oh. totally just made up when they when they first started telling it i was like okay well that, that's not a bad i mean that's a joker origin but it, it doesn't have enough like that doesn't cause like the psychopathy that we're used to in the joker like it, it certainly fucks people up don't get me wrong but i was like okay that you know we we got some more to go here so i was expecting them to expand on that but when they started when he tells a completely different story i was like okay good job guys good job yeah uh all right we will be back with the rest of the show after at least one more refill yeah all right folks we're back with probably the biggest casting story we've ever broken on the whatever show um this right. week you heard it here first folks yeah 
Oh, or Instagram, because I'm guessing <laughs> there's a few more. Fo- I, I think probably she has a few more followers on Instagram. What do you think? Um, last time I looked, it was pretty close. But yeah, she's edging us out by <clears throat> just a few million. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we're talking about, uh, obviously we're kidding here, but uh, we're talking about Willa Holland. Uh, Willa Holland uh, put a picture on her Instagram of her wearing a Brazzers t-shirt. And for those of you who know what that is, you were like, all right. And for those of you who don't, uh, I'll let you Google it on your own. Just probably not in front of kids. Um, I mean, we can give them a little bit of a plug. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. See what I did there? Yeah. Um, beautiful. They're, they're, uh, they're one of the preeminent uh, porn internet porn sites just yeah just in case you didn't know my, my favorite comment on this was uh when a guy wears a brazzers t-shirt it's like you know fucking you're re- retarded basically like you you're like a neckbeard who you know uh is completely ridiculous and then but when a girl does it it's like super hot you're basically advertising why you have really well-developed forearms yeah basically um yeah there's here's here's the piece of this that i'm really excited about all right I'm going to go and I'm going to commit one of the biggest fallacies there is. Um, but lots of questions to her about whether or not like she signed with them. Is she going to start shooting for them? Blah, blah, blah. Um, as of yet, she's not denied it. So I'm taking that as a non-denial confirmation. <laughs> okay. For a second, I thought you were being serious. I was like, dude, she's just wearing a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. We, we're, we're, you know, we're fans of her work, but, you know, you... you uh, we're, we're putting a link to the Instagram shot. Willis is kind of funny, because, like, when you... Um, I follow a lot of uh, the CW people on Instagram, and, like, you see the others, and it's like, this press piece, or, you know, th- this fun picture they took of lunch, or something like that. Katie Lotz is actually probably one of my favorites, because she'll do, like, videos and stuff like that, and they're re- usually really funny. And then you see Willa Holland's ass. And, uh, it, and she don't goes, get me wrong. That's totally cool. It's just, she goes on tirades too because like her boyfriend Nate is always getting kicked off of Instagram. Yeah, because he is a photographer. And he he does a lot of of risque photography. Yep. And like a lot of the time, it's just like a naked chick, and he'll put a line across the nipples or something like that. Yeah. It's like um, really kind of stretching Instagram's content uh uh. Uh, policy. Yeah, and here's the thing: Twitter doesn't have those rules, so I don't know why, if you're in that situation, why you just don't just absolutely just blow up your Twitter. Oh, but. I think pro- probably the controversy. Like, honestly, um, you know, there's a hard like j- there's a hard part of doing nude photography. Uh, it's my penis. No, but um, <laughs> the uh, <All> right. <laughs> what I was gonna say is like people doing nude photography. I think are in it a little bit for the controversy. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the human form is beautiful and blah, 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 but you could also make the same argument if you took pictures of, like, ugly people, which uh, this guy doesn't. <laughs> Nate, um, Nate Nate, pushes the limits. Yeah, I mean, he, he's in it, I think, for the controversy, and because, dude, he's getting a bunch of hot girls to pose naked all the time. He's got a super understanding girlfriend. I, I mean, she must, because uh, either that or she's into it, because, uh, you know, you've, like I said, just check her out on Instagram. So I usually don't even go for chicks that don't have boobs, but, like... <laughs> she's really cute man like yeah all right let's let's move on before this gets real creepy uh, i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> i can so, i can be a feminist and still really appreciate the, the female, female form, form. Yeah, yeah i was thinking of becoming a photographer um yeah. star trek cast jason isaac as the discovery captain 
Um, so Star Trek Discovery, that I believe is the next Star Trek incarnation uh, TV show. Yeah, coming out this fall, I think. Um, yeah. First episode will be on CBS, and all subsequent episodes will be on the CBS Pay to Watch channel, five dollars a month. Yeah, we'll get you a Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, and and I think I haven't um, squeaked that one by the wife yet either. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work exactly. I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do the Netflix model and they're just going to drop. I, I don't think they will though. I think CBS is a little too tied to its, um, you know, cable roots or you know, network roots. So I, I don't think that's going to be the case, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're going exclusive with Star Trek, uh, is because that'll get people to sign up for it. Um, like Star Trek is one of those. Like I, I've said this before, but like with Netflix, um, I would easily pay just for. Uh, say Daredevil, um, and so everything else is basically a bonus. Like uh, with their original content these days, uh, um, I, I would pay just for that stuff a lot of the time. Um, and so if they have you know some you know semi not shitty movie that I watch on occasion on Netflix at this point, that's kind of just gravy for me. Um, and I think that's kind of the the thing that CBS is trying to pull here with um, uh, Discovery and making that all exclusive on the what you could what you could jigger. Um, because you know, let's face it, that's going to get them in there in the door. I I love the fact that Netflix currently has all the Star Trek series available on it, and I'm I'm concerned that once CBS They're not launches there much longer, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see how that that could be. Like this is sort of a thing that I've seen happen enough times that that's probably true. Yeah, which is too bad. It's actually a little bit surprising that they still have all, to me, that they still have all the Star Trek stuff on When there. they signed that stuff up, that was back in 2008 or nine or some shit like that. And yeah. it was originally only a two-year deal, and they've kept it this entire time. So well, I mean, if CBS isn't going to do anything with Star Trek, they might as well make some money that way. And if they're yeah. not going to have their own streaming thing. Question, is CBS owned by Disney? No, that's ABC. ABC is. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then NBC is owned by Comcast. I don't know who CBS is. CBS is probably Viacom. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Do they even have a parent company, or are they still one of the? I mean, they could be, but it'd be kind of weird at this point. Um, So yeah, I mean, Disney definitely owns ABC. NBC is definitely owned by Comcast. No conflict of interest there. Uh, And uh, I don't know. I want to say CBS is Viacom, but I'm not 100 percent positive on that. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. So Jason Isaacs, if you're not familiar with him, you may know him as Lucius Malfoy. Um, Yes, that's probably one of the most famous roles you you've known him from or seen him in uh but he's in lots of shit uh i recently watched another netflix original speaking of netflix uh called the oa which is good but also kind of really weird in parts and i, I don't know how hard i'd recommend it but it, it's i interesting. started watching that and it was very odd like the first episode was really awkward to try to get through it, 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 the whole series is kind of like that. Like, if you didn't get grabbed a little bit by the first episode, you're probably not going to really like the rest of it because it's all kind of like that. Uh, I didn't like the acting in it. It was really... Yeah. Um, it was very weird. But anyway, he... Um, CBS he was, is he, he was its in own that. parent company, just FYI. Wow. He was in that, and uh, of course, he, um, he, he was actually pretty good in it. I enjoyed that. Uh, but he's been in lots and lots of stuff. Uh, his, the Patriot with Mel Gibson is the yeah, first thing say, I saw. His top, his top IMDb is The Patriot, um, Peter Pan, the live action thing, Black Hawk Down. Um, oh, I, oh, I fucking forgot he was a Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down. Down. Yeah. That's yeah, right. But he's got like a thousand credits. Yeah, so. he's been acting for a long time. Um, he's one of those guys that you see him in everything and you probably recognize him, but you never remember his name. The Patriot? Well, I'm not sure how historically accurate it was. 
uh, was an amazing movie. Like all things considered, like if you look at the casting and whatnot, you had Heath Ledger in it. Oh. Um, near and dear no, to Gibson. Gibson, near and dear to our heart, he uh, played in a Justice League: Gods and Monsters. He played Lex Luthor, Ooh. which actually Ooh. in Gods and Monsters wasn't Lex the good guy. I've not watched it. I think he was. I'm not positive. Um, Jesus. Yeah, he's got lots of stuff. He's got a lot of voice talent, uh, voice work too. So be a sweet Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, but he, I think he'll he'll fit the captain role pretty nicely. So, oh, Legend of Korra, he was Commander Zhao. Yeah, my understanding too is the captain in this um, particular series is not going to be the focal point. They're going to focus on a particular lieutenant on the ship, and that's going to be the main character. It's a female lead. Yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, because that, that's definitely a, a break from Star Trek tradition, because um, usually it is. You know, it's never entirely focused on the captain. It's, well, the it's always been like, kind of an ensemble. But... You look at the next generation, and like you can have an episode that doesn't even have Picard in it, and it it, it could still be a great episode. Um, just because of the, I mean, the rest of the cast is so strong. Yeah, I don't know if you can say the same thing about uh, Voyager, because they kind of built Janeway up to be like, and, and it. even Deep Space Nine is really Cisco driven. It it is, although, God, I can't remember the name of the episode, but there was an episode where. Um, uh kira and uh odo are trapped yeah i know i i actually you know i I haven't watched all of deep space nine but this is one i do remember yeah and i i I don't know that cisco wasn't in it but he definitely wasn't the focal point of that episode and it was that was a great episode yeah you know once shows get established like that it's not too hard to do a show that's not about them but even in the early parts of uh, tng like i think obviously um um being probably one of the leads, if not the lead, uh, um, Patrick Stewart as Picard takes up a lot of screen time or gets a lot of screen time, but I, I don't think he's the sole driver of the series. But yeah, it, he's definitely a central center point. So yeah, it should be interesting. I think going away from that a little bit. You, you haven't watched all of Deep Space Nine? No, dude. I was uh, it just you know didn't hit the timing right in my life so that I would, and then I've gone back and now it's like. I have uh, with the next generation. I have enough nostalgia built up that like I can easily sit down and rewatch that, and I, I get you know all the nostalgic goodness from it. Um, but Deep Space Nine, I never really hit, so I, I, I haven't really watched the whole. Don't lot watch the first two seasons because you probably already see them anyway. Start with like season three and then go forward, and then like you get some really good stuff later on, like Little Green Men. Ironically, um, uh, that's what a lot of people suggest about uh, the next generation too. So Little Green Men uh, it takes place. It's like a Cisco. Um, like delusion kind of a thing where he plays a writer and mm-hmm. he won't, his publisher won't publish his stories cause he's black. <laughs> like there's, I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, topical episodes in D space nine because Avery Brooks himself is like such an activist and whatnot that I think he kind of drove that. But, um, then you get like the, um, the triples episode yeah. where they interject like the deep space nine characters into that original episode and you see them interacting with, like the old school enterprise and whatnot and it's it's rad nice like they do a lot of cool stuff in that show nice um okay dax looked really hot in the in the old school uh enterprise like ensign female ensign uniforms that's true she did they, they do that on star trek like there's got to be one hot chick on there uh you know, like deanna troy you know she hit she had some uh obviously Boobs. she some, had a giant rack is what she, she had she had she had a giant rack and her wardrobe was you know obviously chosen to accentuate that yes and then of course uh seven of nine uh probably the the if, if you're talking about tna factor that's got to be probably the, the, it, the it's either her to paul from enterprise yeah to paul was super hot too even yeah. playing a vulcan chick 
She's in uh, SG One. Actually, I'd forgotten about it, but she plays the leader of the like all female. Uh, uh, oh, Jaffa. Yeah, group. weird. Yeah. Um, you don't recognize her because she has like say, super long hair and whatnot. I think but, I'd probably have to see a side by side to get it. But yeah, she I, was I, in at least two episodes, if not more. Weird. All right, so uh, next uh, piece of potpourri here: Indiana Jones Five is official. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I added to say that there's absolutely nobody missing from the casting. Um, casting, yes, because they're they've only officially cast Harrison Ford, but like we've got Spielberg back on board, uh, we've got writers back on board, all that kind of stuff. We what I ma- mainly meant is um, we we don't have we don't have Shia LaBeouf yet. <laughs> I, there's God still damn. hope, guys. There's still hope. Yeah, it, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, did they get the fridge back? Do you think they got the fridge? The squirrel, maybe the CGI squirrel. Yeah, the chipmunk. It was a chipmunk. I, yeah, I we need to get I, him I, back. I hope they did. Um, here's the thing about Shia LaBeouf, guys. I don't hate him anymore. <laughs> it's hard to hate him because he's Cause he he's, punches Nazis and he's doing enough of that himself. You know, like yeah, like I really like his whole like I'm not famous anymore thing and <clears throat> just these weird things that he's doing. Like he's totally reinvented like how people see him. I think he's reinvented a and way to... And I think to people still think he's batshit. Deliver amphetamines into his veins. But I think they're more accepting yeah. of the batshit now. I, I think so, essentially, too. Just like at some point, Shia LaBeouf is like, I'm going to be crazy now. And everybody was like, "That no, you can't. And then 10 seconds later, they were like, yeah, that's fine. You be crazy, Mr. LaBeouf. You can't be crazy. Hold my Sh- beer. Shine on you, crazy diamond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. In the wisest news category, uh, live action Aladdin. Number one, I didn't know that was happening. Live action Aladdin. I hope. I don't they, think it needs to happen. It, it, no. Um, but but they have announced that they are going to cast a Middle Eastern lead. Uh, so that's you know why is this news? Why 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 is casting Aladdin as a Middle Eastern lead? Why why does that even need to be a thing? Like, isn't that the assumption? Like nobody comes out and says like we've decided to cast the in the movie we're going to make the ocean uh you know blue, kind of aquamarine even. Uh, uh, that's just a thing that is, and you would expect that that would be the way that you like continue. Like the cartoon it. Aladdin, even like featured the song Arabian Nights in it. Like, like this I don't, is one I don't understand how you don't go Middle Eastern if you're casting for Aladdin. Well, I mean, Aladdin's a, a Middle Eastern story. Like that, that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, sort of this weird per- Persian sort of crossover <clears throat> deal. So, like, are we allowed the, to say Persian anymore? Uh, Siam? No, that's the other one. Uh, <laughs> Persia was actually Iran. I know. I was just. I was just. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Good job. The more you know, boop boop boo, or whatever. Babylon. Um, Babylon was in Iraq. Yeah. In, in ancient times. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of history in in that Middle Eastern country. It's just that we, we've kind of killed and bombed it all uh, um, for the most part. I mean, if you've ever read the Not Bible, just we. I mean, the, none the, of that shit's there anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the rubble is you know buried somewhere in that general vicinity though. Um. But yeah, this is one where I think you could get pissed off if they whitewashed a little bit because uh, you'd have to be either making something that's incredibly not the Aladdin that we're talking about, in which case it's just a name pull so you can hopefully get some asses and teats. Okay, guys. We're going to cast the best white people in this movie, all right? Shall- Tremendous white people. <laughs> uh, look, Nobody knows how to cast white people like we do, all right? Look, yeah, yeah. Uh, we- it's one of those things. Okay, so... There was some guy ranting about how Hollywood whitewashes things, and especially Disney in itself. And one thing some guy pointed out was, go, okay, look at the part of the world these people are in. Primarily white. 
like Beauty and the Beast, and then they did what Cinderella and stuff like that. They're like, no, they're casting the people that need to be cast. Well, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the older Disney stories and whatnot like derive from like European. Exactly. Stories. This guy was saying they they do, but hold on, let's let's just be real for a second. Disney at this point in time, like the the Snow White Cinderella, was racist as fuck. Walt Disney, oh yeah, a fucking Nazi. Like Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Let's face it. At this at this era of Disney, they were racist as fuck, and so it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the reason why we didn't get Aladdin until like 1993 was because uh, the the frozen head of Walt Disney wouldn't allow it to happen, and they just finally got him fully frozen enough so he could you know stop yelling about the Jews. You'll or never make a movie about those Persians while my head's still alive. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. But it just today's day and age, 2017. Well, like, why, why is it a thing that they're, you know, why were, why were we talking like there was ever a chance that they weren't going to do that? Because what's the point of doing that? I mean, because there was a chance that they weren't going to do that. I mean, that. this and could be that's like the bad part. This, this could be like when they cast Jake Gyllenhaal, fucking Jake Gyllenhaal to be the Prince of Persia. I forgot about that. It you was should, a terrible movie. You should have because it was fucking horrible. Um, for no- number one, there was a couple of different people contending for, for casting in that movie. And both of them would have made a better Prince of Persia, I think. Who was um, it? Because uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't fucking remember his name because, uh, unfortunately, they, they were casting, like, relative unknowns at the time. Um, and so, obviously, I think in this case, they were like, well, Jake Gyllenhaal sells movie tickets, so we got to get that guy. Um, he did not. He did not. Um, and the movie was dog shit, too. Like, another video game ad- adaptation that really doesn't you know get what's cool about movie. the video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just can't quit you. Uh, so, yeah. Making Aladdin be Middle Eastern, kudos for doing the bare minimum, uh, everybody. Yeah, congratulations, I doing what guess. you had to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I know about Disney? Mm-hmm. Y'all a bunch of racist motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's cultural appropriation. Let's see, we're, we're super, we're, we're woke. This is a woke fucking podcast. When I'm going to entertain a lady, I like to make sure I have plenty of Colt 45. <laughs> okay, that's not even racist, that's just a direct quote. <laughs> And, and an awkward impression. How you doing, Chewbacca? Uh, all right. Finally, uh, finally. Uh, wasn't it, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna let that one go. No, I mean Billy D. We got to do the how you doing, Chewbacca thing. Chewbacca. That wasn't even my best one. Chewbacca. But. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca. We'll practice. Yeah. Um, I put this in the show notes at the last minute, which is kind of funny because I I read this book when I was a kid, but I don't remember it. Um, but we get the first image from a live action adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time. Um, if oh, you, dude, it's been a day since I've read that. Yeah, it's been so long. I, I literally, I think, remember just about nothing of it. Like, I think if I reread it right now, I'd probably start remembering some of it now. But uh, I got absolutely nothing right now. Um, what is this? A Wrinkle in Time was a book uh, that you probably read around the time that you were, say, like 8 to you know, 13 or 14 in a lot of schools. Some of its schools, I think, actually even assigned it as reading. Or it was like one of those AR books that you, you know, frequently would run across. <laughs> Did you guys do AR, Accelerated Reader? You get points for reading different books, and some books got you more points, and so... Ah, uh, we didn't do that, necessarily. Yeah. I think. Well, I'm younger, and I, I'm not sure. I don't think they still do AR, but they do something like it in my kid's school, because he's always talking about you know, getting some points. I got stuck with tag that. reading stuff, and so like I did a lot of mythology. I think they might yeah. have banned reading in my school. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did you go um, to a Christian school? Like, did you guys oh have God, to burn no. books instead? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you if you you got ten points if you burned a, a book about the Jews, and you got twenty points if you burned a book about the abortions, or yeah, Slotted House Five. That that's a twenty point book right there. That's a twenty point book. <laughs> uh, 
dude okay not even kidding you and this is this is another segue that has nothing to do with what we're talking about other than religion being stupid it's okay it's only one so um i i work at a place that some might consider a faith-based organization yeah me and ryan uh, I would give away the name here, which totally reveals the fact that it's a faith-based we organization, won't do that, but I'm though. not going to do that. We won't yeah. do that because I don't even post that on my Facebook. Yeah. Um, we had um, Irish River Dancers. Wait, I'm on board. Is that It was if, pretty badass. If I, no, if no, I, if I they, sign up for this, some Jesus, do I get the Irish River Dancers? They were girls. They were little girls and stuff like that. And they were really good and whatnot. We had one particular resident though who was positive that they were here doing the devil's work and that by allowing them in there that we were uh, Wait, aiding what? the devil i didn't i didn't know this this is so awesome like, as, as the like I, i'm just imagining michael flatley I, I can't even imagine it as little girls but they're just watching the legs move and they're just like that's not natural that's the devil's work you know like that's amazing um yeah it happened wow that is amazing you should walk down to the other side of the building and talk to danielle next time she'll tell you all about it okay yeah <laughs> i'm excited to hear this conversation like uh, see have this i guess fundamentalists of any kind are kind of funny to me because they're like sitting there and they're like watching the <laughs> river dancing and they're like the legs are flipping and whatever and they're just like let's get my list of sins and uh river dancing check tapping it, your feet it's yeah. weird because the sect of christianity that that i theoretically work for um are relatively progressive in terms of the fact that like we've got a female chaplain um on on board and wow big score like she is the chaplain like whatnot and um and then we've got we had a homosexual administrator yeah we did we did wow um but like kids didn't even stone that guy the real fundamentalist followers of this particular sect crazy super crazy yeah i know i know we can't have dances like we have a community center and theoretically, like we cater to all face, but like but there's no dancing. But like the community center, like there there can't be dances because of one particular <laughs> group that says we we don't like that. That's amazing, uh, hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a digression. But the that things is a digression. you learn working in the admin hall, doing the devil's work. Yeah. So I, I don't really have anything to add on a wrinkle in time. Uh, speaking of digressions, um, it's for the devil. It's for the devil. Uh, it does. They're, they're, you know, it is probably for the devil because uh, I don't think there was any time travel in the Bible. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. I mean, they skip a lot of years. I mean, yeah, they do. So we'll count that. There's technology in there. Like from the and, time Jesus was 12 until he was like 25, like just yeah. doesn't exist or something. I wonder how that book goes. Isn't is it 12 years like, is missing? I think it's 12 years is missing. Like, it's pretty drastic. Do you think like he turned 12 and we like hit puberty and was just like chronically masturbating until then. It's like, you just had like now birth. back to Jesus. No, Paul, story. we're not putting that in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you had birth and then you're just like, no, okay. You're a carpenter. All right. Let's do TV. Uh, so the only t- TV show we're going to talk about a little bit probably is the flash. Um, and then this is the part where I normally remind Matt that he hasn't watched the expanse yet and he needs to. And if he's not caught up on Legion, I'm going to slam his dick caught up on Legion, but I really want to be, you should be because it, we're, we're slowly, I mean, I, first off, this is only Matt there. There's yeah. This is only a 10 episode season. I just found that out. Yeah. I think it might even only be eight. Uh, but it's quickly progressing into one of the best things on TV. I will say a couple Mm -hmm. of things. Um, it, it is, 
this last episode had one of the absolute best uses of sound design I've ever seen on television. I saw you tweet. Yeah. Uh, I think you tweeted about that. Bar none. Super amazing use of sound design. Uh, Photography in this thing is just gorgeous the whole way around. Like, they do color in a way that you would normally expect to see in, like, a Wes Anderson film. Uh, That's actually one of the things that I noticed uh, in the first episode was they they use color really well. Yeah. Um, Take a a hint, Zack Snyder. Phenomenal job with color. Um, like I really liked his sister's wardrobe when she came to visit him in the in the institution, and it was like totally like sixties like green, and, and it it popped. Yeah, that's the other thing that's, too. Like the the world that they're uh, setting up here is like there's mutants and there's these elements of modern uh, modernity, modernity, modernity. I don't know. We're three and a half beers in now. Um, so there's these elements of like modern. It's sort of like uh, Batman the Animated Series, where sometimes they have cell phones, but you're they not also really sure on, what decade it takes yeah, place in. They also drive around in in uh, you know the the old Studebakers. style cars, Studebakers, <laughs> and and wear you know um, uh, fucking bowler hats with not, the suicide doors and bowler shit, hats, yeah. but uh, fedoras all the time. Non, there's bowler hats. Yeah, there's bowlers, there's fedoras. The, you know, um, like, the, they, the the clock king guy, like I mean, they were fucking they were fucking hats. Is the thing like uh, the hats aren't you know that aren't baseball caps. Um, um, uh, so it's kind of like that too. Like it's got that element of things going on here where you're not really sure exactly what decade or time frame they're in. Um, that in the, the plot, I mean, aside from the fact that the thing is just a gorgeous work, work of art from a technical standpoint, like the way it's shot, the colors that they use, the sound design that they use, the music in the show is fucking phenomenal. Aside from the fact that it's like just a piece of art, um, outside of the, uh, you know, or from the filmmaking side of things, the plot is is really really intriguing and like every week it it kind of goes like every week it's like you know like Spinal Tap like let's just would would turn it up to eleven and it's like it's ten like it's one louder most 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 amplifiers go to ten but ours ours go to eleven yes ours it's it's one louder um so it's like that except for they do that every week like every week they turn it up to eleven so they're up to like sixteen now. Yeah, they, I think we're on 16. I think they've gone like their amplifier goes to 16 now and presumably by the end of the 8 or 10 it's going to go up to 18 or well, you know, 20. The good news is I do have them all DVR'd. Y- yeah, you so. just get on that shit cuz it's it's uh probably like I'm not joking when I say The Expanse and Legion are probably my two favorite things I watch every week outside of The Flash. I also have 24 Legacy DVR'd. Nice. Uh I guess I never watched 24. I really liked 24. I didn't necessarily I didn't watch the last season that they did. Yeah. The whatever it was like a shorter season that they did. Um but I always thought it was really intriguing how they did a format that was 20 episodes long or 24 episodes long and each episode was an hour of the day. That format was interesting and I kind of wanted to watch it for that. I just um also, never really got around to it. And I heard they went away Alicia from that. Cuthbert in in like 3 seasons of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then she kind of disappeared, disappeared. I think yeah, she did she that made sporadic she did girl next door. And then was like, she was like, I'm going to go make movies now. And they're like, well, you're going to play a whore in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I think if you're working in Hollywood, you're kind of used to playing a whore. Um, just sometimes they but, pay you for but it. But Timothy Oliphant gave me one of my favorite lines in that. And that is, was the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> nice. Only um, fantastic. That's, that's a, uh, that's a good pull. That's a solid pull. Uh, so the Flash, the Flash. Um, we haven't talked about this in a while. We haven't. Lots of shit going on. Lots. So, of shit. um, I, have we even talked about it since Iris is gonna die? Uh, I'm sure we have. Have we? Uh, okay. So brief recap for the fans. Um, Iris is gonna die. 
Iris is going to die. Uh, Barry kind of slid into the speed force at the beginning of the season, went forward in time about six months, and was too slow uh, to stop uh, um, Savitar. Wanna, Savitar from uh, Knife and Iris, uh, you know, with his weird, you know, claw hand things. Which, I, I, this is one of the things I'm not sure I like, is they're like, we need a speedster who's super threatening. What can we do? Um, well, you could... Have you Put seen, him in a yeah, metal suit with lots of spikes. Guys, yeah, have you guys seen Transformers? Uh, why don't we Why don't we make him a Decepticon? He's going to be Megatron. He's going to... Yeah, well, yeah, he's Megatron, essentially. He's going to be Megatron. Can we make him Megatron? My guy says we can't make him Megatron. Just change the faceplate. Okay, boom, done. Uh, and, so, and you can't do the wow noises. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do the wham noises as much, but because um, they do it in Transformers and and then Amazing Spider-Man Two did it. So yeah, but you know they got their own fun noises too, though. So I don't want them to feel like they they should feel bad because they didn't get the wham. Because I think maybe season four, that's <clears throat> the next thing that they need is they they're going to need a speedster that does the wham thing, and then somebody's going to have to say, uh, or Barry's going to have to feel bad about himself for not being able to be fast enough, only to somehow be fast enough by the end of the season. So here's here's the thing, man. Overall, the season, I still really enjoy the show. Tom Felton's goddamn amazing. Like, he's oh, way better I, in it than I was expecting when I first heard he was going to be in it. I'm glad that they both didn't throw him away, because I really thought that he was probably going to be in there for, like, three episodes or something like that and so gone. So um, Like, we talked about Gypsy, and, like, when we talked about Gypsy, we were like, oh, that's cool, they're going to get, you know, that. And, and But, uh, you know, she really has been in there for, like, two episodes, and then she's pretty much... You know, I think she's going to be a bigger deal, though. She'll be a bigger deal, but I don't think she's... Like, she's not going to recur as much as Felton has Cisco so might finally get his dick wet. No, I'm go Cisco because he's hitting it. I mean, I'm just saying he he's hitting a little above his league there. Yeah. Um. But I mean, but I, now I'm worried I about Tom Felton because, because he's like, hey, what's your power set? I got vibe powers. Done. Let's go. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Check, check. Yeah. Um. Um. Here's the thing. I really feel like Tom Felton might die now. I do. I don't think Tom Felton makes it out of this season because alive. because Eddie and I texted about this the other night. Like, he kissed Caitlyn. And that's pretty much the equivalent of like putting a red shirt on and beaming down to the planet surface yep. with Kirk and Spock. Like, you're, yeah, you're not gonna make it back. Yeah, like that's that's pretty much it for like Caitlyn. Caitlyn, like she might as well be a fucking. She black killed widow her spider. last boyfriend twice. That's yeah. all I'm saying. She might as well be a black widow. Like, uh, even when she doesn't kill him, like they still end up dead. So, like, just you know, Caitlyn's super hot. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, I guess she didn't technically kill what's his name, but he's yeah. dead you're gonna you're probably gonna die if you date her that's that's the only thing so yeah. if you can get over that one little minor uh downside you know call that a con you know we'll put that in, we'll do our pros and cons and Robbie. put in the con we'll Robbie, say right? you know you're probably yeah. gonna die when you're done dating her um, if, that, if that's not gonna stop you then by all means go for it man yeah um, i just that 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 scares me a little bit i i did really appreciate the fact that they explained how savitar is back like and it was actually like a plausible i mean as much as we're talking about a comic book uh, television show it was plausible because he's like trapped in the speed force and he needed the stone and they're like oh no let's just throw it in the speed force it'll be trapped in there forever but then like caitlin's like but i kept a piece of it and uh, that makes me a bad person i'm like no that makes you the fucking mvp all yeah. right <laughs> you know what's awesome about this is how fucking like this is actually starting to annoy me with the flash a little bit is because they keep having these really retarded fucking plot points um so number one is uh you barry remember last season 
when you were trapped in the speed force and you just got out. You didn't need help. You just got out. Uh, and then you, you trapped another speed for speedster who's like way fucking faster than you in speed, speed force. What could go wrong? Um, yeah, you like drop him into a black hole or something, you stupid son of a bitch. Uh, that's number one. Number two is um, they keep choosing these weird ass action scenes. So in uh, the Grodd episode, um, do we talk about they go to Grodd? They we go to have not City? talked about the gorilla episodes at all. Okay, so there's a couple of things in there that are kind of cool. Um, but one of the things that really pissed me off is the the Gorilla City episode is a two-parter. And in the second part, um, Barry has to go up against Gorilla Grodd and the other speedsters do. So you got Jesse and you got uh, Wally there and you got Barry and they're going up against the gorillas. And, and Wally and Jesse go off and do these things that are like you know, super cool for a speedster to do like while he's running around them all fast and, you know, doing these super punches because he can move way faster than a gorilla. And, uh, Jesse's, you know, running up walls and shit and throwing things and whatever. And then what does Barry do? Barry right. uses all of his speedster talent, all of the, the lessons that he's learned over the years to run right at Grodd, right at his straight fucking shield. It's like, uh, w- you know, cause we're going to talk about wrestling in a little bit, but it's like <laughs> when you see the spot and you're like, Man, you're not setting this up at all. And so I guess I'm just going to run right into the fucking chair. Like, that's exactly what he does. He runs right into the chair. He's like, I guess I got to take this bump. And then he does it. So. Here's here's what pisses me off about that whole season, about that whole uh, part of the storyline. Grodd tricks them to fight into fighting Solovar. Because Grodd can't fight Solovar on his own, apparently. Yeah. Well, he couldn't. I mean, that's how beats he lost. Solovar. But can't beat Grodd? Yeah, we're getting into... I mean, it's not quite arrow levels of bad. And, you know, in fairness, the Flash has always been like that, too. Like, Barry's other greatest weakness is uh, bees, apparently. Bees, yeah. Bees, yeah. Um, least they favorite. were Emily Kenny bees. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, the, the, I guess he was disarmed by their adorableness. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. so <laughs> Country music. <laughs> um. So there's been a few aspects like that that it's just like, um, no, The Flash, you're supposed to be better than this. Like one of the reasons that I got so into the show is because you you eschewed a lot of these stupid tropes that just suck. Um, you know, you know, there's a plausible explanation for that this season, though. They ran out of CG budget, so they were just like Barry run straight in the fucking show. No, go on. In the past, we've had either uh, Wells Prime, aka Thon. Yeah, Wells Bard. Wells Bard, or Earth two wells, yeah, both geniuses, both smart. Yeah, so now like, we have HR, who's admittedly not smart. Yeah, so like in the first episode, it's like I I gotta fight the reverse flash. What do I do? Um, run faster and do a tornado thing. Uh, and then in the second season, it's like I'm fighting Zoom. What do I do? Uh, if you run fast enough, you can channel the speed force and throw lightning. And in the third season, they're like, uh, what do I do? And HR is like, just run straight into his fucking shield. <laughs> that's just it's fine that's gotta be that's gotta be the planning right there yeah that's that's one of the things that was really redeeming about the gorilla episodes though is that we did have uh earth two wells back for a little while it, it actually uh earth two wells and hr's interactions too were a lot of fun too oh, they're great. Yeah. shut the fuck up donnie that's what i got out of that. <laughs> that that was pretty much the whole thing it's like uh yeah so you're an idiot <laughs> like, yeah and he spits in his mug yeah it was it was kind of ridiculous um uh, um i mean first off we knew harry harrison uh harry earth to harry was a dick but um i i loved more than anything that he told wally he was dying because he <laughs> knew he would 
he would tell Jesse and then she wouldn't stay. <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, he wasn't supposed to tell Jesse. Like, uh, you know, at first I was like, oh man, that's really sad. They're going to kill They're going to kill Harrison. And I guess that's going to be like, we're only going to have one Wells to deal with. And that's going to be, you know, wrapping up this thread. And then they're like, nope, it was just him lying to keep his daughter. Uh, that, that, that kind of plays into what's happening with the rest of the show. And that is Wally. Wally gets played like a fiddle a lot. Well, because Wally's being so fucking dumb. Like, um, so um, I guess we, we're going to skip ahead. The most recent episode has Wally and Savitar going up against shit, or Wally going up against Savitar. He starts hallucinating Savitar um, in much the same way that every other speedster, or, or not speedster, but powered villain that have picked up their powers from Savitar have. And Wally's like, oh, I just didn't think it was a big deal. Dude, you've been here the whole fucking time. You knew it was a big deal. This has literally happened like a half a dozen times now. Um, so that's dumb as shit. And then um, another, you know, sort of uh, going back to the like flash, you keep doing ridiculously retarded things. Um, when we get to the end of the episode, uh, Wally, you know, sort of gets tossed in the speed forest after releasing Savitar because he totally bites everything Savitar says, like hook, line and sinker. Uh, and what does Barry do? Watches, basically. He's like, I'm the fastest man alive, and time is moving really slowly, so I, I should just sit here I and should just do sit here nothing. and watch him get sucked into the speed force. Yeah, he's like, eh, we'll go get him later. You know, like, uh, he's he's probably just going out for drinks or something. We'll pick him up in, in the evening. Yeah. I'm his DD. It, it'll be fine. Um, So I, I just, I don't, I don't Why know. is Joe so heartbroken? About the whole... um, Wally. I think, it, well, the Wally he thing... He didn't even know Wally a year ago. Well... I, I think that's because Joe, Joe, um, it's kind of funny because they're slowly morphing Joe into um, fucking the actor that plays him. I can't remember what his name is. Jesse Martin. Jesse Martin. Yeah. Um, Jesse L. Martin, actually. So if you if you start watching season one, uh, Joe is a wholesome dude, but he's he's not quite the like big hearted teddy bear you see like right now. Um, he's he's never a bad guy. He's never like gruff, you know, sort of like uh, or whatever. But uh, Jesse Martin, like if you watch him in, in, in anything he's done in real life, he seems like he's probably one of the nicest people you've ever met. And he's just an instant teddy bear. Such a fucking good actor, too. Yeah. Like he does a really good job in a lot of things. Like um, I first knew him in Law and Order and he was really good in that. Yeah. But, but it, like just him portraying Joe West, I'm like, I want that guy to be my daddy. But it seems it seems an awful lot like every time I watch, um, especially lately, like they're just morphing Joe into um, a, a little bit more uh, Jesse L. Martin um, because he he just he he's got a heart of gold. Let's face it. Um, so yeah, that that is a little funny. But yeah, they they he's sort of instantly taken to Wally, and he's all heartbroken about that. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting that like he gets kind of pissed. He's like, Barry, why didn't why didn't you ask me for my blessing?" Sort of thing when he asks Iris oh, to yeah. marry him, and then. Another, you know, sort of stupid thing, Iris getting all pissy. It's like, well, you just you just want to marry me to keep me alive because you love me more than anything in the entire universe. It's like, yeah. What is your... I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where the problem yeah. is here. What, what's your fucking point exactly? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that seems like a completely normal instinct and, and, and not wrong at all. But okay, fine. So, uh, I mean, she's, she's, she's turning up the, the whole, uh, uh, CW drama level uh, bullshit a little bit, you know, like, where it's like, well, that's not how I want to be asked to marry. Kreisberg was like, yeah. Hey guys, the studio wants me to remind you that this is the CW. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, I don't want to just get married because you love me more than anything in the world and want me to not die. Uh, 
that's I want to get married because you love me more than anything in the world and it's I also oh. yeah, May or something. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Um we talked about this via text message too. I'm calling it right here. At least at least this portion of the whatever he show says that Savitar is absolutely Eddie Thon. Yeah. Um, so number one, I didn't draw that conclusion immediately, but I think you're, you've got to be right. And I think it's kind of because, uh, he's a jealous little bitch. He is, he kills Iris, which would tie nicely back into the whole Eddie Thawne thing, but more, because if he can't have her, nobody can Mm -hmm. see, but you know, here's the thing. I don't think, um, that it's just absolutely blames Barry for his predicament. He blames Barry for his predicament, and the thing is, is he says, I've been trapped in the Speed Force before, um, or something to that effect. He's been trapped in the Speed Force before, and when Eddie died, he didn't just die. Like, he ceased to exist or something like that, right? We shot himself. Yeah, he shot himself, but then didn't he get sucked into the Vortex thingy he or did. whatever? He, he got did. sucked into the Speed Force. Yeah, and so at the time, it wasn't the Speed Force, it was the Singularity, but I well, think yeah. that... The, that's going to tie him into the speed force because it's, you know, they're going to come up with some like a uh, sci-fi sort of bullshit. Like you created a paradox, which opened a hole in the speed force universe and blah, blah, blah. So you get sucked into the speed force. Time is infinite. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think it wouldn't be crazy. And I think the thing that's going to happen is he got sucked in the speed force and was stuck there for so long that he not only, you know, gained mastery over the speed, speed force, but went pretty fucking insane. Balls deep, uh, balls yeah. deep into the speed force. He went insane, and so now he's just pissed off, and of course he's pissed off at Barry because it's kind of it's kind of a little Barry's fault, not not entirely, but it, you could you know the villain logic leap uh, of like oh it's all his fault is is perfectly fine. Uh, and I wouldn't have had to do that heroic act if you weren't the Flash. Yeah, and then the the thing about him saying like I I didn't want to kill her, you know, like he was talking about her in this episode, like I I didn't want to kill her, um, but you left me no choice, Flash or something like that. And uh, so I think that's going to tie back in there, too, because obviously Eddie had a thing for Iris and he wouldn't necessarily want to kill her. I but also hope it ties into Eobard's pr- predicament that he's got going on in the, with the whole time Wraith thing. Legends. It's not time Wraith. That's that's actually uh, Black yeah. Racer. Sorry. Uh, I don't know if you saw that episode yet. No, I did. I did. I did see that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I hope so, because I think that'd be a. a good way to tie those shows together a little bit and to wrap that up a little bit with eobard thon because uh that's been a thing for a while now it's like how how is eobard dude i can't um, believe you're not caught up on legends i know as you so uh were so apt to point out i'm caught up on arrow but i'm not caught up on legends yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm absolutely not caught up on arrow for anybody following along at home i got a little bit more um uh I got more invested into Arrow, so I kind of feel like I have to watch it when it comes out. Plus, my Tuesday nights are pretty busy now. Like, I I, I get why they moved DC, uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow to the Tuesday night time slot, but it's kind of bad for me. I don't get it, because I still haven't watched Riverdale, so I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> um, but They uh, moved Supernatural to an 8 o'clock time slot just to put Riverdale at 9, so I'm like, uh, do they bang? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the thing there is they're just kind of like, well, Supernatural's been on forever, so we can put it wherever we want. Like nine o'clock, there's got to be at least like a little asshole fingering going on, dude. That's that's not the same channel. I don't think that that's what. Oh, oh, um, I'm thinking about nine o'clock on Cinemax. Sorry, yeah. this episode brought to you by Brazzers. Um, oh. <laughs> um, I really wanted to come up with a funny tagline, but I don't, all I can I don't, see is Willa Holland in the t-shirt. Um, let me hear it. 
All right, so yeah. let's move on. Uh, let's finish up the evening. Let's talk about a wrestling rewatch. So no pay per view um, right. this week, but we do have Hardy Watch. We do have Hardy Watch 2017. So um, the Hardys made their debut at Ring of Honor this week, this past week, and uh, we have new Ring of Honor tag champs. Interesting. So, um, however, Matt Hardy's still been sending cryptic tweets to WWE personnel. In fact, he sent Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows tweets the other day saying that now that they're uh, the Ring of Honor tag champs, they've got their eyes on their gold, i.e. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um, That's got to be in kayfabe. Like, why the hell else would they set tweet that if there's no hope of them going back to WWE? Well, and... Dave Melzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter says that it's going to be a long-term commitment with Ring of Honor, but they only have dates scheduled at Ring of Honor through March. With WrestleMania being in April, at the beginning of April, like I kind of have to wonder if that has something to do with it. Okay, so I have a couple of questions. Number one, they left TNA and they've signed with Ring of Honor. That's pretty much... Yeah, I mean, they're wrestling dates, Ring of Honor dates, so... And... Is it a thing? Do they cross brands? Like, could you? Would Vince allow you to go wrestle for Ring of Honor for no. a few months and then no. come into the no. WWE and then go back to? Okay, no. So, but Ring of Honor is a smaller promotion, so they would allow they, they people probably, to wrestle for them while they're still looking for other opportunities elsewhere. And it because it doesn't hurt Ring of Honor at all. Like, if if, if Ring of Honor, um, no, they get they get a hearty rub. Exactly. Uh, that sounded weird, but <laughs> title <was> title, <laughs> yeah, the hearty rub. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor being a smaller promotion, if you bring a guy, you bring a couple of guys like the Hardys who were big in WWE for a while back in the 2000s, and then they're, you know, presumably would have, you know, like, if, if they really are tweeting in kayfabe and they're saying, you know, like, we're coming for your gold, uh, um, to the current WWE tag champs, and the WWE is going to br- bring them back, uh, there's no way, like, why the hell would you bring the Hardys back and not put the belts on them at some point? It, um, here's the thing. And I think we talked about this last week, but it really comes down to whether or not WWE is willing to cede control of the Broken Matt character to Matt because he's not going to come on with anything less than 100% creative control over his character. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. We talked about that last week, and I just I still don't know if uh, Dub Dub, and mainly if uh, Vince, Vince will do that. So I, I mean, I think if there's anybody they should take the chance on, it's probably these guys. I mean, they're... they're... <sighs> We're going to talk about it a little bit, but the Hardys are pretty badass and have been badass for a long time now. They've got a big following in TNA and now moving to Ring Ring of Honor. So, and the other thing too is that everybody's relatively positive that Jeff is not going to sign without his brother, but he's done it before. So that's the other kind of thing too that I'm that I'm curious about. Like, yeah, I I understand the appeal of wanting to stick together with with Matt because he's kind of reinvented himself and and helped Jeff out quite a bit along the way. But really, if the WWE is willing to offer Jeff the same type of contract that Jericho has, like he'd almost be a fool not to take it, even if Matt's not there. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. That's like his ideal contract. Yeah, doesn't have to, Jeff, doesn't have yeah. to work full time. Like that was his thing when he last signed with WWE. Was they were working him on a full schedule. It was like this is not what I want. Yeah, and he burned out really fast. Yeah, and Jeff's not the kind of guy you can burn out because he does have a history of substance abuse problems. So, yeah, you kind of want him not feeling like he has to medicate to get through. Yeah. Um, 
Plus, uh, this kind of moves me into uh, there or moves us into the topic we've got for tonight. So we watched not one classic match, but we watched four classic matches. In fact, what we watched was a brief history of the latter match. And uh, where that moves me, and when you say he doesn't want to work full time, one of the reasons I would think he doesn't want to work full time is because he he takes some hard bumps. Like, uh, and that's sort of part of his appeal as a wrestler. I think um, Matt and Jeff both a little bit are, are sort of these high flying, you know, willing to take some hits sort of guys. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, they just do crazy shit, and that's one of their appeals. I haven't watched him in TNA at all, but I do remember during the WWE days back when it was still WWF, I think, um, that I, I was big, I was a big hardy mark. And one of the reasons why was because they're so fun to watch. Um, they do these crazy, you know, like the Swanton, uh, back when, even back when it was just the Senton, but the Swanton bombs and shit like that were amazing. Um, and just the level of acrobatics and stuff like that. And, uh, we're going to talk about this a lot, I'm sure during the ladder matches, but fuck man. I mean, there's just, they, they do them as safe as they can be sort of, for the most part, but there's still some moves like the leg drops, man. The leg drops just look so fucking painful. Yeah. So, guys, I apologize. Um, when I actually decided that we were going to do four matches tonight, we literally only had four other things in the show notes. So I figured that that would actually <laughs> uh, round out our content that we didn't have. However, it turns out we actually had quite a bit of content in addition to it. So um, we took a lot of time before the show to watch some matches. And now we're going to probably run a little long on this one. But. Hey, it's only one thirty, and it's only been an uh, probably about an hour and forty minutes of show so far. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, I decided that we needed to kind of. So, the original match that I had picked out for this one was the uh, match seven of the Terry Invitational Tournament, aka Tit, that took place at No Mercy, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it the the concept of it was it was going to be a best of seven series, and whoever won that best of seven series. Um, got a hundred thousand dollars and the managerial services of Terry Runnels, mm-hmm. um, um, which sort of marking the difference in product from now and today. What were Terry Runnels? What did Terry Runnels accomplish as a manager? Uh, being super hot on TV every week. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I mean, definitely- I, I made a comment in front of my kids the other day. Emmy was standing in the kitchen when I was. I had. Um, I usually take my little tablet deal in there and I watch WWE Network while I'm cleaning the kitchen or cooking or whatever. Yeah. Um. And there was, uh, she, she was managing Perry Saturn for a long time. And, and, uh, you know, Lillian was like, accompanied to the ring by Terry, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, being accompanied to the ring by Terry's nipples because they're right, right there. there. <laughs> that, that yes, is, they were. that is, you know, again, very different product than what we get today. And, and, you know, we have women's matches that are actually not just about wrestling matches. Yeah. yeah. They're actually wrestling, not, not just, um, you know, having your tits out there. So, uh, anyway, so. Digression. I got to thinking about the importance of this particular ladder match because it really led to other things uh, in the future. And so then I got to thinking about like, well, what's the ladder match that was the most famous before that? And you have to go all the way back to 1993 at WrestleMania 10 with uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental title. Uh, So the reason it culminated in a ladder match for that particular title was because Shawn, I believe, was the Intercontinental title. A holder and so was razor yeah they were both this was too sean had gone away sean had gone away and never officially lost the belt mm-hmm. but razor won it yeah he was absence. like the intern champ yeah and so they basically unified those two those two belts uh via a ladder match and whatnot um a lot of people tout it as the first ladder match in wwe history it's not they did one in 1992 With that was between brett and uh sean, sean. 
The first ever ladder match, by the way, happened 20 years earlier. It was uh, from Stampede Wrestling. And, yeah. Wow. Okay, so let's get in there. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. I see titles on the belt. Or I see titles on the line. This uh, match was almost 20 minutes. Yeah. It was. It was a longish match. And um, one of the things I noticed right away is that the style of wrestling is a little bit tighter. Like... Uh, um, just it se- it seems like everything they did was a little bit uh, just uh, I don't want to say snug because that that means something else in wrestling. But no, it was a little it, bit more snug. It was a little more I snug. Think that's fair. But also, you they gave the spots time to breathe. Yeah, they d- and that was huge. I mean, they gave the spots time to breathe, but I mean, probably a lot of this is just watching Shawn Michaels wrestle. But um, Shawn Michaels, it, it, like he seems very technical in that, like his strikes all land exactly where his strikes are supposed to land. And, and like he, he, uh, there wasn't a lot of, mo- a lot of spots that where I was like, Oh man, he took that kind of hard or, you know, he landed a little, you know, wrong. Sean Michaels. There's no wasted motion when he wrestles. Yeah. There were uh, a few spots that didn't quite land. I, I, I should say that like, there's this one, uh, where, um, they set up on the outside of the ring, they set up a ladder against the leaning against the, 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 um, ring ropes. And the move is uh, Razor Ramon supposed to help me out with the name of it. Slingshot. Slingshot. Uh, so you kind of you grab the guy's legs and you fall back, and the move is supposed to slingshot the guy into you know normally it's the turnbuckle, but since we had a ladder there, it's the ladder, and so it's supposed to spring springshot him into the ladder, and then he's supposed to bounce off the ladder, and the ropes are supposed to swing him back, and he's supposed to you know take the fall that way, and instead it landed him on the ladder. He kind of had to work the ladder, and to you get can it, see so. it like where he just like pulls the ladder to work up some momentum to fall backwards, and it's kind of okay. That was that was kind of ugly, but um, for the most part, like it, it was a pretty tight technical match. Um, or mm. I like the technicality <clears throat> and the wrestling of it. Like there's just a lot of technique that go that went into it. Um, here's, that was not underappreciated. By here's me. the thing: so we're talking Razor Ramon, aka Scott Hall, and we're talking Shawn Michaels, and I don't, I guess Shawn Michaels wasn't quite in his prime yet, but he was real close at this point. Oh yeah. Um, Scott Hall was definitely in his prime and these are two guys that can go into a wrestling ring and tell a good story. Um, there doesn't have to be a ton of high spots, although in this particular match, there were quite a few high spots. Yeah. And that's what happens in ladder matches. Yeah. But, uh, I think even without a ladder match, these two could have gone in and told a really compelling story that people would still oh, be yeah. talking about today. Um, this particular match though, just happens to like have gone down in the annals of ladder match history as as kind of the ladder match that set the trend for all future ladder matches. Yeah. Um so watching it there's there's a couple other things that Eddie noticed when we were watching it and that is so much less production even for a WrestleMania than mm-hmm. there is today. Yeah, well like, I mean like just looking at the way that they they enter the stage like weekly TV is 20 times more produced now than that yeah, WrestleMania was. It, it's like uh the difference between watching like a uh, college not college not even college let's say it's like watching the NFL versus watching like your Canadian kids high school football. football team. Yeah. Um that that was sort of the difference in level of you know but even set I think we were watching it and they were at the Garden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the garden was fucking packed. So that it's kind of funny that the way that it's changed. Like, they're spending a lot more money on, like, you know, it used to be the Titantron. The Titantron was the big deal. But now, like, the whole fucking thing is the Titantron. And it's, like, ten times bigger and everything's flashier and shit like that. Well, they didn't even have a Titantron. They just had the big screens in the middle yeah. of the garden. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I've been saying this, like, the last couple of shows is, like, the production now, I would rather them go down and downgrade it 
so it feels a little more personal. Yeah, to me, we don't need the LEDs on the ramp. We sh- damn sure don't need them on the apron or the ring posts. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think if they got rid of the, the LEDs on the apron and the ring posts, that, that would be a, a step in the right direction. It's just, like, that's one of the challenges with wrestling, I think, is everybody's always got to go a little bit bigger. And we're going to see, this is actually the perfect way to highlight this, is watching the progression of these matches, because it, it does. Every one of these matches has to go bigger and harder. Um and so you know i guess i think that's just a thing about wrestling you know like that yeah. that's everybody wants to do the next spot bigger and you know for the wwe that means uh i don't know i, I guess they're probably gonna put leds on fucking jerry the king or something like that in the next episode you or something have an led crown yeah um jerry so this LED is like jacket. buy kfc or something yeah um, yeah um so this match was phenomenal um it had a lot of good back and forth um ultimately razor came out triumphant um with a broken ladder yeah that was actually a pretty cool thing too the the ladder kind of screwed up in the middle of the match and they they worked with it they made that work and we were all talking about this and you know wrestling fans know this but certain props are gimmicked and what that means is like the table might be pre-cut a little bit so that when you land on it it breaks or you know the the um chairs generally aren't chairs are just chairs for the most part yeah. there's a lot of things that are, are gimmicked so that uh when you fall you know like it, it, look at an announce table or something like that and an announce table is not the way that you would normally have a table like that sitting out on the side of the stage um i mean that's that's for two reasons though i mean before they started putting people through them on a regular basis the announce tables are set up the way they are because uh it makes for a quick takedown as well when yeah. they're when they're done so Anyway, it also just so happens that if you pull the monitors off and throw somebody on top of them, they they tend to break pretty easily. So, <laughs> yeah, usually we we were usually. talking about this though during the match, which is you can tell this la- this ladder looks like something that just went and picked up from Home Depot. Like yeah. it's bright, and, it, it's got the classic like bright orange sort of construction look. You know, like it 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 honestly probably is something they just went and picked up from Home Depot. And you're pretty sure that they only had one ladder. Yeah, because they like, were babying nobody thought it. to bring a spare. Once once it broke, they were <laughs> yeah, they were kind once, of ginger with it. Yeah, yeah. Once it bent a little bit, they were like, eh, maybe we should take it easy on this thing. Well, going again back to how you know, like it's always got to get bigger. Like it, 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 a little bit, it's it just part of the work too. Like they weren't going to be like, oh, well, we broke that ladder. Um, somebody get a different ladder. You know, like um, they weren't going to pause the match for a second and have somebody sl- slide in a different matter a ladder. Um, so they just, you know, had to work with what they were given. And so that, that came across in the match too, which uh, it was another thing I think about the difference in production that I, I really enjoyed. Don't get me wrong. The guys will still sell like that. Um, but it just, you know, it's a difference in scale that Nin- I appreciated. 1993, uh, as much as the garden was packed, 1993 was a really lean year for the WWF. Like there was not the amount of, of, uh, love and adoration for the professional wrestling business at that point in time it was not a profitable time to work um the garden always was was kind because uh ever since the vince senior days like the garden and and the wwf Mm -hmm. um had a really strong solid relationship uh so much so to the point that uh even though it's not technically legal uh wcw when they started uh touring they could book dates at the Nassau Coliseum in New York, but the Garden absolutely would not book them. Weird. And that was out of courtesy defense. Cur- uh, otherwise known as collusion. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Next match of the night. Match seven of the Terry Invitational Tournament. Um, so this one I feel is significant because there was there was other ladder matches between Sean and Razor and this match. 
but this match is the match that took ladder matches to the next level um and it happened to be a tag team uh title match yeah it was the first time they ever had a tag team in it and it was much into the way Not that title the match, but a ladder match sorry uh it was much to the way that the Sean Razor Ramon match was and set the tone. This one up the ante of what a ladder match should have been. Yeah. Uh, four guys that basically were just like, we're going to do what we're going to do and uh, we'll pay for it when we're older. Yep. Edge, Christian. <clears throat> Edge and Christian on one side of the ring. Uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy on the other side. Uh, at this point, they're still Matt and Jeff are wrestling as the brood. The new brood. Yes. The new brood. Um, so they're accompanied by Gangrel. Um but uh, he gets he gets tossed pretty quickly. He does. He and that was another sort of uh, nice callback is watching the um, Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon. I don't think I mentioned this during the, the when we were watching it, but uh, Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon Diesel accompanies uh, Razor Ramon to the stage, and he gets tossed out of there pretty quickly too. Uh, uh, and so it was kind of a nice. I, I don't know if this was something intentional on the WWE's part, but it, the same sort of thing happened. Gangrel got tossed really yeah. quickly. Uh, in the ladder match too, which is funny because it's a no rules match, so there's no reason for uh, uh, the ref to be tossing anybody. But whatever. Um, but yeah, this this match is sort of the um, so we got Edge and Christian and Matt and Jeff Hardy, which in my opinion are two of the biggest, the, the two of the greatest tag teams. Like if you were watching wrestling in in 1999, 2000, 2001, like without a question, those these are the, are the two tag teams. See. Yeah, yeah, those were the premier tag teams at the time yeah for sure um so the, and they're they're um all great wrestlers in their own right and they've gone on to you know like i don't think edge is in the business anymore christian's not no. for a while they both they're both done now christian yeah. concussion issues edge because he's got a uh, messed spiral up. neck mm-hmm. fracture yeah. that it i think they fixed it but they're like you can't do this anymore yeah and then um on the other side you got the hardys and you know you talked about paying for it when you're older and this is that match one of those matches that kind of is like yep uh so we talked about the leg drop uh like i just want to highlight the leg drop for a second um is it jeff it's jeff Jeff. yeah jeff does this insane uh they're using 12 foot ladders i think in this one matt in this match nine foot nine foot there's 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 12 in the next one yeah okay so they're using nine foot ladders that he, so, yeah, he start he he basically puts himself on the top of uh, the top rope in the turnbuckle, yeah, and and does like you know that game where you played where you tried to hop the tires leapfrog he leapfrogs yeah. he leapfrogs the the ladder to about ten feet now because he's stretching about a foot with his arms yep. yeah probably so. at least and then um and he just lands on his ass just yeah I mean this is one of those things where like they slow it and show uh, slow motion and it, it it looks like a fucking crash test dummy like um. And and you can see that thing. It's like, and now you can see where his spinal column compresses down, and and all that force is taken by his tailbone. At this point, he may be suffering from small fractures or something like that. But yeah. that's the thing about wrestling is, you know, everybody's like, it's fake, it's fake. It's like there's no way to deliver a leg drop like that that doesn't hurt like shit. I mean, like, uh, it just it doesn't happen. And I mean, you can clearly see it on his face because as soon as he lands, he is just screaming. And he's like, nope, yeah. I'm done. Because it, it's a super fucking painful. You're like. I, I'm h- trying hard to think of any other moves that you can go off that high of that, that you don't take a bit of a bump on. Like even a fucking splash at that point is going to be like the way you land that. Oh yeah. Somebody's taking somebody like you're either the guy, the guy you're landing on is taking the bump uh, um, or your knees or, or your, your knees or your elbows are taking the other it. guy. Yeah. Um, so it's just th- those kind of maneuvers. Like this is one of the things about the ladder matches is uh, um, 
when they do those big spots like that, there's just no like they're selling a little bit, but most of it's probably legitimate pain. Like you could see when when he lands that leg drop, it's like he's not selling that. That's just it just fucking hurts. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh, what's the other spots that happened? The uh, the catapult with the ladder. The catapult with the ladder was pretty good. Um, I think we get a senton off of the top of a ladder too. That's another Jeff thing. Um, I don't think he did the senton off the ladder this one. He was did it that until he, the, he, the? It wasn't until the TLC. The TLC at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're all just they all do these crazy. I mean, these are all a bunch of high flying guys for the most part. Um, and the, the Hardys, I think, more so than than even Edge and Christian. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of big spots in this and, and, you know, this is another escalation. You could see some moves in, in the, um, Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon match. And then again, they, they just turn it up to 11 with uh, match seven here. Uh, and they, they, they do these big spots and take these big, these big bumps. And that moves us to, um, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to put a link in here and you're going to have to finish it because I, for some reason can't. Okay. Well, uh, so, um, while he's putting a link in there, let's talk about the TLC match. Um, it's not actually from the tit. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually from an episode of SmackDown, but it's a gif of the leapfrog ladder leg drop that we just spent so much time talking about. So you guys can click on that link and see what we're talking about in case you can't visualize it. Yeah. Um, so the TLC match is our next one. And this is, so this is, I think, is it the first uh, TLC match? This is the first This is the very first TLC, TLC match, yep. So TLC, tables, ladders, and chairs. <coughs> tables, ladders, and chairs are all legal. The way to win the match is just like any other ladder match. You got to climb to the top and you got to grab the Retrieve whatever. the item the of item. some sort. In this case, I think it's the tag belts, right? It yes. is. Um, brief history of this match. Following No Mercy 1999 with the Terry Invitational, um... At WrestleMania 2000, mm-hmm. they decided to up the ante and make it a triple threat tag team ladder match and added the Dudley boys to it. The Dudleys, of course, are well known for their tables. Yes. Um, obviously, Matt and, Jeff, Matt and Jeff had made a name for themselves using uh, the ladders. ladders. Edge and Christian would go on to start using chairs pretty regularly. Um, concerto, was concerto in particular. Yeah, yes. concerto, yeah where they would uh, simultaneously hit somebody in the head with a chair. It must have taken... I'm sure it took it took hours, days even, to think of that move. Yeah. Um, or do it safely. So what happened yeah. is at SummerSlam of 2000, they decided, you know what? We're going to put you guys in a tag team match. It's going to be triple threat again, only it's going to be tables, ladders, and chairs, a.k.a. TLC. Um, this is the first one of it, and man, more yeah. brutality. And yes, Bubba at the beginning does that leg drop off the ladder, not a leapfrog one, but just off the ladder lands right on his fucking nuts. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> that was funny because you can see it like he 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 rolls off pretty quick and you can see him grabbing his balls. Like, yeah, like, well, it's not even like it's as soon as he lands, he just immediately just grabs his testicles and rolls over like, my balls hurt. I just sat on my right nut. Yeah, I, I'm sure, like, it's a testament to his his uh, skill as a performer that he even continued after that because it, it didn't look fun. It's kind of the disadvantage of wearing uh, loose-fitting clothing. 
yeah the rig. yeah i would i would say yeah, hopefully he's at least wearing briefs i mean jesus Something. Um, no. i think dad i think i think bob was a boxer guy yeah there was lots of big spots in this match there was there was so, i mean we can't even cover them all but yeah the, the the two that there's two that spring to mind uh number one is uh bubba sets up some tables in the beginning but not just setting up tables he said two tables side by side and then stacks two more tables on top of those and so at one point in the match he's climbing the ladder to frida or and and now we're using 12 footers and somebody i can't remember who pushes the ladder over the ring ropes and bubba goes through all four tables yeah so that was huge um another big spot for that like Previously, before that, Jeff had that same ladder because they only had one 12 footer at the time. Who knows how many they actually had? Yeah. But he did a swanton through two tables and just hitting the tables. He was supposed to land on Bubba Ray, missed, went through both of them, and then Bubba Ray went in the ring or grabbed that ladder, went in the ring with That him. was a crazy spot, too, because he, he stood full upright on the ladder. And no yeah. one was holding it, not even a ref. You could tell he was a little shaky when he was up there because it was, I mean, it's, it's hard to keep your balance on something like that, but. Yeah. And then and then just does the swanton right through the tables and whatnot. And then uh, Matt had a pretty big spot, actually, too. He, um, uh, from in the ring, goes over the top rope off of a ladder um, into uh, two tables, you know, set up next to each other. Uh, this one was actually one of the scarier spots of the night because he landed um he landed you know feet towards the ring head towards the the um barriers the barricade yeah super close to the barricade super close to the barricade i mean i just if if he'd gone a little farther it was maybe his head was maybe 3 inches away from that barricade yeah it, it was just one of those moves where it's like oh man and then, it's lucky he landed that right cuz if he would have just been a little farther he'd be a paraplegic or worse right now and then less than a minute after that lita had come out and took a spear from edge and and knocked her head into the top of a ladder when she hit the ground yeah, just right straight her. whip back her head. Just... Yep. So there are lots of dangerous spots in this particular match. This yeah. is the TLC match is one uh, progression of the of the old school ladder match. There's another one that we'll talk about too um, in a few minutes. But uh, and they had a trilogy of these. Yeah, there was a few TLC matches before they between, turned it into between the three. Yeah. Which I'm not a fan of the of the TLC pay per view. I think I think if you're going to do a TLC match, there has to be a reason to do it. It's similar to my feelings on the cage match. Yeah, I think we've went in length about our hatred for the pay per views that are Hell in a Cell, in Elimination cell. Chamber. Although TLC. I am glad that they only did one chamber match for the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Yeah. Um, I think they had to, but I don't think it. I don't think it has to be a pay per view. Like I no. think the Elimination Chamber is just something that happens. Um, and and here's the thing: when it's necessary. That. Right. So this particular, the, I mean, the last em- Elimination Chamber match that we had wasn't really necessary because, Mm-mm. honestly, the title right now doesn't seem so important that there's that many guys going after it. Nope. It seems like they kind of have to, like, pluck some guys out of relative ambiguity to, to put in there to challenge for it to do the, the Elimination Chamber match. Um. They didn't used to be like that. Like it used to be that the title was like the ultimate prize, and like, there was always guys that were willing to take a, a match for an opportunity. And with that last chamber, like watching it, I didn't feel attached to it at all. No, and it's not like the... that first one because we watched the first one after after, and heads and tails different. Oh yeah, drastically. And same thing goes with the TLC matches. It doesn't need to happen. Extreme rules. Hate that pay per view too. Well, because that's just a lot of gimmick matches. Exactly. All right. Last Um, match of our ladder. 
uh, um, our ladder coverage this week. Money in the bank. Our yeah. first money in the bank ever. So this is this is the other direction that ladder matches have gone since then. So we have TLC on one side, and we have the money in the bank on the other. Which um, is also now a pay-per-view. And doesn't necessarily need to be, but we'll talk about that too. Um, this is more of a straight-up ladder match. The only difference is, is instead of being one-on-one or tag teams, this is kind of a... Is, was it six-man the first one? Yeah. And it was... But it was every man for himself to get a briefcase, and inside the briefcase was a contract for a shot of the title any time in the next 12 months. This happened at WrestleMania 21. Yeah. Um, so, five years? Was it five years? Yeah, because 2000 was uh, WrestleMania 16. Yeah. So, five years, give or take, after the last TLC match that we just talked about, or the first TLC match that we just talked about. Um, this match kind of had it all. This match had Chris Jericho in it, number one, which is always a selling point for me. Yep. Uh, Shelton Edge. Benjamin. Had Edge. Both had... Edge and Christian, although they were not a no, tag no. team at this point. They were, they were individual solo competitors. It did shine a, for a second in the match. Yeah, they did. They did do one spot together mm-hmm. where they delivered a concerto only with, with ladders. ladders. Um, who else? Kane. Kane. Kane was in this one. And uh, Benoit. Benoit. Chris Benoit. Oh God, yeah. Benoit played a, a pretty crucial role toward the end of the match. So, um, this match stands out for a lot of reasons. Number one, it was at WrestleMania. The contract could be used from this day all the way up until the next WrestleMania. So you had a year, you know, to, to cash in, so to speak. Um, kind of gave it some importance because you know when WrestleMania comes around the next year that your time's running out if you haven't already used it. Yep. Um. And it seemed like every guy in the match legitimately was gunning for the belt, wanted that contract. Yeah. Everybody at the time that this match happened was gunning for the championship. Yeah. Shelton, Shelton came into the match. The only one that actually had gold. He, he was the IC champ at the time. And before then he was, I think at the time he had a couple matches with Triple H who at the time was the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Cause he had a match uh, uh, versus Batista. I, I never saw Shelton at all. Like, I think, uh, so it's funny for me because, um, there was this period I watched wrestling, which was probably like 98 to 2000 ish, 2001 ish. And so this, this came right after I stopped watching or, you know, shortly thereafter I stopped watching. So like, um, I knew everybody, but Benjamin, I hadn't really seen anything with Shelton Benjamin. And then, um, you know, the later match in the night night with, uh, Batista as the, the title shot, you know, with triple H, um, I'd never seen Batista wrestle before. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, because it was because Eddie was like, "Wait, who's he wrestling?" And Ryan's like, "Drax." Yeah, I knew it was. I I thought I was like, "Wait, did you say Batista?" Because I know Batista's Drax. Come on, but um, uh, yeah, that's fun. Oh, what the fuck? So the yeah, this is another one of those like uh, sort of brutal matches. Um, uh, Benoit actually took the biggest bumps of the night. I thought. Um, we had a couple of moves where like I think Benoit climbed a ladder on, on the, climbed a turnbuckle onto a ladder and then. Uh, jumped off and went for a headbutt and it looked like he took that um the, we call this the hard way uh, uh he took that the bump the hard way um so and that means that basically like uh 
obviously sometimes wrestlers bleed in the ring um sometimes that's the result of accident you know like if you take a hit wrong and you get a bloody nose like that's just a thing that happens sometimes uh sometimes you get color in the match because um that's a way to drive up drama and you do that by you know gigging which is to say you use a small razor blade and cut a place that's you know fleshy and will bleed but not you know dangerous head wounds particularly bleed a a yeah, headwinds, headwinds bleed a tad and they're relatively safe. So they, 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 you know, gig headwinds, especially near the uh, hairline, because, you know, that, that's going to be covered and you're not going to see, you know, exactly where the wound's coming from. Just don't do it too much on your forehead because uh, they don't look like mm-hmm. Deathly Rose, baby. Yeah, but the hard, do the hard way. Flare. The hard way thing, the, um, the hard way is essentially when you, uh, you know, basically get, uh, blood, you, you, or get color, you do that by, um, you know, taking the bump that actually, you know, breaks the skin. So, yeah. um, there's a lot of ways you can do that, but in this case, Benoit had already been stitched up above his eye. If you watched SummerSlam this summer and saw the Orton Lesnar match, that was hard way. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um that's i mean shouldn't have happened but yeah in my opinion so um it it looks like uh he goes off the uh, off the the ladder from the turnbuckle and uh headbutts you know kane i think it was yeah right in the fucking shoulder i mean for watching it it, it, this is a solid move because i thought literally they both went head to head which holy shit like talk about concussions but um, benoit's done the diving headbutt his entire career he's been pretty considerate of of his his opponents and um and sheltered them quite a bit from that, but yeah, he made pretty solid contact with Kane. Not necessarily in the head, but it was it was solid contact. He usually yeah. aims for like the shoulder collarbone area. Yeah, but he usually doesn't he doesn't cut himself short on it. Like he'll protect the person that he's going with, like he's doing it to, but himself he'll yeah. full on just so, smack his dome. Um. He definitely got color. I wouldn't say it was full on hard way on this because he actually came in with um, stitches above that eye. Yeah, I, I, I do think that you know, and even still, the the balls there that is just like oh, I'm going to break my stitches during the match. Yeah, uh, um, you know, not not quite hard way, but also not quite uh, like a gig. I think would be a little bit easier to deal with. And, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just going to break the stitches. You know, and, you know, stitches flesh. are tough. Yeah, stitches mm-hmm. are tough. I mean, they're meant to hold the ripped flesh together. And so there's not, you know, there's a lot of bad ways for stitches to come out. So, yeah. um, you know, some some nuts, some nuts on that guy. Looked like he had some blood coming out of his nose too. It wouldn't surprise me if he busted his nose during no, that not spot. At all. And he fucked up his arm too. And I'm gonna have to rewatch the match to see exactly where that was, or if it even was on camera. But like, I by think the time... it was. It wasn't a chair shot. It was a bump off the ladder with Christian. I was I wondering think. too. Um, I because could... it was the same bump that Christian like went down and started shaking his arm. I believe oh, that was the yeah. same spot because Benoit be. rolled over and was holding his arm See, too. I was going to ask you guys about this because um, we were talking about this, and for a bit I thought he was just selling really well because I thought there was a spot in the match where um, Benoit, um, I think it was after because what is he? What what's his submission move? Did he the, the cross face? Crossface. The crossface. Yeah. So he'd gotten the crossface on a couple of guys, and then Kane recovered and I think threw him in a ladder. So he had his arm in the ladder and Kane was slamming the ladder down on his arm so, so I thought he was just selling really well you know and here's the thing he could have been because guys back then actually sold yeah so so um yeah I mean maybe he did take a bump but if he didn't take a bump holy shit was he selling really well that entire match and I can't remember but Edge might have hit it with a steel chair 
the ladder. Yeah, yeah. that's possible too. I Which mean, hurts all, like a motherfucker. All of I've the had guys, it happen. all of the all of the guys in this match took some pretty big bumps. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me in any case if he actually was injured on that. If it was because he took a uh, you know a big bump from a ladder, but. I mean, you know, so I don't know. I think this is a good evolution of the match because as big as, um, say, the TLC match was, this one even, I think, goes a little bit further in some cases. Not necessarily um, in, in quantity, but, you know, like Benoit especially took some big bumps in this match. Yeah. And let's not take away from really the, the shining star of the match as far as spots go. Shelton Benjamin tore oh, this Oh, the run up the up. ladder was badass. The run up the ladder, the T-bone suplex off the ladder. That T-bone suplex, was it, that was Christian, oh, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that Christian took it. Took it. Yeah, man, it was that, was, just... that was a good spot. And, and that was right before he did the run up the ladder because yep. Christian was still selling. And then when he ran up the ladder, like you can barely see it when they kind of flash back from the other angle and show him. But Christian actually like had the foresight to like hold the ladder still while he ran up it so it didn't shift. Fall and shift, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, naturally it would have pushed that ladder forward when he was trying to run up and it would have been like trying to like run up a down escalator for a minute. Yeah. So that that uh that whole spot I thought was brilliantly executed. Like, um th- there was a lot of talent in the ring in this match. Um no question. Uh there was a lot of things going on in this match that I think really highlight, you know, sort of what the art form could be. It was funny because I was listening to Talk is Jericho today and uh, um, him. It was the Wheaton episode. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jericho was talking about, you know, like wrestling's really and even Wheaton said, you know, like wrestling, wrestling's a really interesting thing because you guys have to be these like top level ac- acrobats. Uh, or or uh, athletes, athletes, but you also have this, you know, aspect of theater to it, and, and you know, and then there's still that aspect of like, um, but sometimes this shit just hurts. So, yeah, uh, th- there was a, all of those things sort of on display in the ring tonight. I mean, we had some top level athletes. Obviously, Shelton Benjamin with that run up the ladder was pretty badass, and and, and the T bone. We had some amazing, um, I thought, um, uh, performance aspects of it. Like, uh, especially, you know, I, I really want to hope that 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 uh, Benoit was just selling that arm the whole match. In which case that's probably the best the best uh, salesmanship i've seen in a long time if yeah. not ever um but yeah all of that was sort of on display in this match um while while we're on the subject of of chris benoit um we should mention that we're not going to shy away from talking about benoit when he's featured in matches that that we select to oh, watch yeah. for the show don't get me wrong we're not saying go out and kill your whole family or anything like that but right. it we can't undo the pat like he did have a successful career leading up to this incident and there's a wide body of evidence to suggest that he was mentally ill at the I'm, time and and that might have been brought on by you know basically brain damage so. he's he's never going to be in the hall of fame and i support that decision 100 percent so because you, you can't put you him can't in the get, hall of fame yeah. when with with what he did um but you can talk about his career and his matches that he put together. It's not fair to the guys that he actually was in those matches with to just omit them from history. No, Um, especially not. Could you imagine like tossing out a match like this would have been, you know, sort of a travesty and, and it would have been like that Mm -hmm. up until the network because uh, anything that was DVD or on demand on the uh, original WWE on demand uh, internet channel, like they pulled everything and uh, Jericho even talks about it in the second book. Uh, he mentions it a few times. He was like, uh, this was one of the best matches I ever had, but it's too bad it doesn't officially exist anymore. Yeah. And no one will ever see it again. Yep. So um, happy with the network for, you know, having the stones to put those matches back in. He's still not mentioned in milestone markers. Like if you look, um, they didn't used to put his matches with milestones at all. And they finally changed that. And But it'll say like um, The Rock 
in a world title match. It just doesn't say oh, who he's with. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It, this is a hard one because it, it's almost, you know, it borders on tragedy. I mean, there's a lot of what ifs in this scenario. Maybe maybe he he just did, you know, fucking go crazy. Well, um, I mean, it totally is a tragedy. I mean, no, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Like, it's yeah, tragic I mean, for his like, wife and kids. And, it's tragic and for his else, wife but... and kids, but it's, it's you can, I almost want to feel like a little sympathetic towards Benoit because I could very easily see that it's like a, he, he had a psychotic break as a result of multiple concussions throughout his career. And you can see the kind of, like, just watch this match. You can see the kind of bumps this guy was taking. Um, they're not pretty. Uh, and he took a lot of them over his career. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he probably had taken so many concussions that it could have uh, led to something like a major psychotic break like this. It, it It is a tragedy, but like, I can almost feel a little bit of sympathy for him because, you well, know, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Maybe, maybe he's always been a little bit crazy and he just finally flew off the handle, but the, it seems like the uh, breakdown that's not the case. at the end of it from what we found out was the extent of brain damage that he had was like what an eight to equivalent to an 80 year old man with alzheimer's yeah, yeah they said an 85 year old dementia patient yeah you know and that's so i mean he, but, was, he was fucked up is the short of it but uh, it is what like, it is i mean it doesn't discount the fact that he murdered his family no i'm not, I'm not i'm not i'm not saying like uh, right yeah i'm just saying like you can feel a little sympathetic because it's like uh like harambe like uh he's a fucking gorilla like what what do you expect you know on the same hand on the one hand you, you don't necessarily you can't really necessarily do anything different uh but on the other hand, it's still kind of sad, you know? Yeah. Um, again, like, we're not condoning what he did, but we're not going to shy away about, about talking. I mean, we get, we're going to talk about it. History happened this, whether you like it or yeah. not. Yeah. This is not revisionist uh, wrestling review. This is, this is we're just going to talk about the matches that um And because he was, we enjoy it. It's, it's kind of particularly difficult. Like, it's like, uh, he was, you know, not necessarily a... Uh, this isn't even fair because he did he did have the belt a few different times um i was gonna say he's not like a top tier wrestler like he's not a rock or a steve austin or something like that but like if you could just imagine a scenario in which case the rock did something similar and they tried to omit all of the rocks history in wrestling or all of steve austin's history in wrestling or something like that or hogan's or fucking triple h or all these guys like there'd be a lot less product to watch on the network i'm just saying all right so let's end the show on a nice depressing note like that um, um. So, just to recap, ladder matches, don't want to cut you off. No, let's um, go ahead. But, so, we basically took you through, uh, from the beginning, uh, singles ladder matches, tag team ladder matches, TLC matches, Money in the Bank matches. These are matches that we felt were important in terms of, of highlighting ladder matches and stuff. They also all happen to be really good matches. Yes. Um, I would encourage you guys, if you're wrestling fans, if you have favorite ladder matches that we didn't talk about today um or just opinions on on how tlc should be handled from here on out or money in the bank uh feel free to send those in questions at whatever.co yeah or hit us up on twitter at whatever show uh facebook facebook.com slash whatever show yeah um and and that's really all the things if you know uh one other thing you could do that would help us out a lot uh this is the part where i have to you know like if we were youtube we'd say like like comment and subscribe but uh really the best thing you can do for us is go on your itunes and and uh um find our podcast and rate us please um especially positive ratings will help out the show a ton and that would uh help boost our audience because um itunes like ratings and the more you give it to us the higher itunes promotes us so we'd appreciate that because um, we'd like to keep making more of these not that we're not gonna but and comment we'd like to make money comment, comment on, on itunes too. If we get 500 comments 
I will have Eddie play a guitar solo on the show. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna have to learn how to play guitar. Um, I mean, I have guitars, but I have to learn how to play them. Um, I didn't say it would be a good solo. Yeah. I just had to have you play one. Uh, dude, yeah, I could do it. Sure, whenever. Um, I, could, I even have a pick for the guitar now. I could play a solo of some fashion. I mean, it, it would just be me. So I guess by definition, whatever I play would be a solo. But whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, we would very much appreciate that and. Uh, yeah, and help us if, out, help the show out. If you have money that you want to throw at us. Sponsors at whatever.co. That's that's the most important email address that I think you can you can have. Yeah, I'm really not going to feel like we ever hit it big until we get Reebok to sponsor us. Right, we got to have the Reebok money. Yeah. That'll, that's at UFC. Well, if they're paying for UFC, they've got something to go around. That's all I'm saying. Dude, uh, we could fight. <laughs> I, I mean, it wouldn't look like a UFC. It wouldn't look like a UFC fight. We'd both I mean, probably slap Reebok each other and then fall down and cry like babies. But if whatever. Reebok kicked us some money, we might actually be able to afford a pay per view for UFC and and review I, it. That, that's you know true. I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Later.